Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Are you feeling a bit animated? Well, come on over to the Wicked Anime Podcast on the Nerdy Show Network, a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to animation, Japanese culture, and all things anime. With a true industry perspective, we're always diving deeper than school uniforms and tentacle monsters. Join us on the Wicked Anime Podcast, nerdyshow.com slash wickedanime. It's Wicked A! Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's going on, everybody? This is Pat DeBear here with another episode of Flame On for you to listen to in the month of July 2019. I am joined here by a couple of our regulars, and one more will be joining us in just a little bit. We have Eric. Hi. We've got Josh. Hello. We've got BJ. I'm moister than an oyster. And I have a shirt to help you with that. (laughs) Maybe not help you with that, but help announce it to the world. And uh, Brian will be joining us in just a little bit. Oh, you picked up the shirt? I did. I got it for you. Oh, my God. Of course. Well, you said get it for me now. And I said, well, I could pick it up. And uh, oh, and literally, shirt? the funny part was as I was going through the stack of shirts, everything is in size order. And it went small, medium, large, 3XL. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to text BJ and tell him we don't have the shirt. Oh. And then the last shirt on the stack was an extra large. It was meant for me. And I was like, oh, it's like they just hit it for me. So we'll have to take a picture of that shirt and show it off on our social media. Yeah. Big shout out to the men's room in Chicago for uh, providing a a moist shirt for BJ to wear. Yeah. Anywho, it is July 2019. And with the humidity here in Florida, as soon as we step outside, we're pretty much all instantly moist. Oh, my God. It's the worst, you guys. It's the worst. The dog days of summer are here, and they've sat their sweaty asshole right on top of us. (laughs) What setting do I have to put this air conditioner on? Power Ranger? (laughs) That's still my favorite summertime video. 
We are here to talk <sighs> about the pop culture things that are tickling our testicles. I like how you look directly <laughs> at me when you said testicles. <laughs> like something inappropriate is about to be said, but it's like I just spoke the word directly through you. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things that uh, are, are tickling our fancy this month that we want to talk about. And because it is such a hot topic, not the store, we don't want copyright infringement, because it is so loved by some of our cast members, instead of just one person presenting this first topic for us to discuss, we're going to have two. Eric and Josh, why don't you tell the listeners what our first topic is going to be? It's Stranger Things. Actually, I feel like what you should do, we should just start singing the never ending story. Oh my god, I'm obsessed. Story. Oh my god, you see that picture of the little the little Falco? It's like free to good home. Just know that it gets really big. Oh yeah. I was like, I want one. So Stranger Things, yes. This is season what? Fourteen? Season three. Oh, season three. Was this season shorter than the than two? I feel like it was. It, it was shorter by one episode, but oh, okay. it's the same amount of episodes as season one. However, uh, the last two episodes were actually over an hour long. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't just dreaming that then. Okay. You were dreaming of... Uh, a White Christmas? I'm no, dreaming of about... A cer- of a certain sheriff. I'm dreaming about Daddy Horror <laughs> giving me a white Christmas all over this face. Back off. <laughs> Painting my walls white. Mine. Your sugar walls? <laughs> My sugar walls. <laughs> oh, and with his fine-ass Magnum P.I. looking self. So that shirt that he's wearing in season three, I found it at the store, Hot Topic, and I'm very <laughs> tempted to get it. Officially it's... licensed Stranger Things merchandise? Yes. Of course. <laughs> and I w- So I actually wasn't sure if they were even going to have it, but then I was in Hot Topic the other day um, getting a couple. Uh, of new- Pops? Yeah. Yeah, so they released a wave two of Stranger Things, so I picked up a couple of those. But I, I saw it; they didn't have my size, so I, I didn't get it. But it's forty dollars. So that's extra the only, medium. That's the only. Uh, they were out of extra medium. Yeah, all I had was like small, and then one medium. Mm. I'm, I need and a, I'm a, I'm I, a I need an extra medium. That's my size. Medium. <laughs> Not just medium, extra medium. Extra medium, because she's so extra. Okay, so tell us about season three. I only saw season one, so I have no frame of reference for season three at all. So go for broke. Tell us all about this. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. We don't ever usually do this, but I mean, if you haven't watched Stranger Things, I mean, it's only been out for a short time. It, and I will be completely upfront with our listeners. Usually we try to keep the magic alive, but here's a little peek behind the curtain. I am not going to be in town in the week that this would normally that this is going to drop so we're recording early so oh my God. this has only been out for a week now it dropped it on the 4th of July 3 a.m. on July the 4th 3rd, of July 3rd it's been yep. 7 days okay so it's been a week and uh, apparently they just released some figures that it's not only the highest rated Netflix show ever since oh, yeah. Netflix inception uh, started doing their own uh, series it is also biggest show on and it has been what it has been complete the season three has been completely watched within four days in less than four days people have like watched all of it multiple times myself included since i've already watched it twice girl obsessed it's so good so a week has gone by 
So if you need to turn back now, skip ahead probably about 30 minutes or just come back once you finish watching it and listen to this discussion. All right, boys, spoil the fuck out of season three for us. <laughs> Yay. So uh, season three picks up pretty much pretty soon after season two ended. It's like six, seven months, right? Yeah. Uh, but we have Russians now. Which was pretty much uh, mentioned in season two. So with uh, the introduction to, uh, fuck, what's his name? The the conspiracy conspiracy theorist. I can never remember his name. Oh, just... Murray? Murray. Oh, yeah, Greasy yeah. Daddy. Greasy Daddy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Murray, yeah. Um, he's the one that approached Hopper in season two saying, you know, there's stories of Russians and, and this Russian girl who has telekinesis. And, and so that was kind of like the first nod towards the Russians. And at first in season two, while you're watching it, you're just thinking, oh, he's a conspiracy theorist. It's fine. But turns out there was a little bit of truth. So like now the Russians are actually here. And season three starts in Russia. Yep. With them trying to open, reopen the gate. Right. Yep. Um, well, they're trying to open a new gate correct. in Russia. So they have a particle accelerator trying to open it, but it's... Instead, it, it created breaks. Barry Allen the Flash. So, <laughs> so it actually breaks the the accelerator and... Uh, it vaporizes they, all the people. Oh, they right, gooey. That, oh, God, that was so good. They gooey as hell, y'all. <laughs> so it, it then skips ahead a year, and then it takes us all back to Hawkins, where mm-hmm. uh, now it's July... Of 1985. Yep. And malls exist now. I love the mall. The product placement in this season is great. Let's go great. to oh, the, the mall. Oh my gosh. Today. Today. All of the glorious <laughs> 80s mall. I cannot get that song out of my head every time I think about that mall. That's oh my all God. I sing. Sam Goody. The oh, original oh yeah. Gap. Oh. The old Gap logo. Burger King. The oh. Taco Bell. Oh my God. I don't know how they acquire all this... 80s logo goodness but well they've, I mean, they've actually gotten um like they're partnering with all of these other companies because stranger things has become this huge marketable thing right so everybody's doing something like i think burger king has an upside down whopper which let's be honest is kind of stupid because it's yes. literally just upside down right um <laughs> but i mean if, if josh has it, bought 17 of them since it, this, i haven't this had a whopper out. in 84 years <laughs> <laughs> It prompted Coke to re-release new Coke. Yes. I, I mean, it's... I've with, never had is, it, and I've been wanting to try it. It is only available at Walmart, so if you want to get some, you have to go to Walmart to get Ugh. it. Uh, I'm about to, to make a trip, hopefully, this weekend, so I can get some. Girl, they could but, put out... They'd be like, here's some Stranger Things Depends. Josh is like, you know what? I can pick up a pack. <laughs> Why not? I do not have incontinence issues. I do not need them yet. But maybe... Maybe. No one said anything about incontinence issues. Yeah, maybe for, that's your fetish. Wear them for style. <laughs> don't, not for don't kink shame me. I, I didn't say nothing about kink shaming. I was just pointing if, it out. If there's a good deal, maybe I'll get them and set them in <laughs> it's, storage. It's for to get I one free. Josh is like, okay. <laughs> I could use them in 40 years. Josh is going to get into infant play just so he could wear his Stranger Things Depends. <laughs> <laughs> Like, can I get some saran wrap while I'm here too? Thanks. Okay, thanks, buddy. <laughs> okay, so where are the characters at the start of the season? Uh, Mike and Eleven are making out all the time. Teenagers. <gasps> and Hopper's angry slash jealous about it. <laughs> yep. Because he ain't got nobody. <laughs> There's been a lot of talk with the first two episodes being at a slow pace. I didn't really feel 
that it was slow. I thought the whole entire season was perfectly paced. And I think the the first two episodes is really just to kind of um, bring us back, reintroduce us to our characters, because it has been uh, about probably a year and a half at this point. Yeah, because a year would yeah. have been Halloween time. Right. You know, and, and so you've got, a, which honestly is the longest period of time without any upside down drama. Right. Um but you know we 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 our characters have kind of like returned back to normal life, you know, like uh they're all exiting adolescence, becoming teenagers and with raging hormones and well and like and hearing Eleven talk normal oh, is a bit it's, off. It's odd. It was it was weird at first, but it was I, weird I, I kind of used to it and I was I was actually kind of hoping that we would be able to get actual dialogue from her instead of, you know, just fragmented yeah. complete sentences. So it was really excited to see that progression um of I guess. Her character? Yeah, development. You yes. Know. So the moms, all the town moms love hanging at the pool because they all want to see... Thirsty. Billy. They thirsty for racist Billy. <laughs> I, Especially I Karen. I didn't forget... Oh, yeah, because Karen's husband is so boring. I feel so a little bit boring. bad for Karen. But at the same time, she's a good egg, but I feel Karen, Karen Byers. No, not Byers. Karen... Wheeler. Wheeler. Yeah. Yeah. Karen Wheeler. Honestly, next to Joyce, I mean, Joyce, as far as the parents go, you know, in the show, Joyce is still a little neurotic, but with Karen, she's actually like a good mom and she she's a little bit more involved than all the others. So she's about the only parent. She's still oblivious. Right. But I mean, like, yeah, she has she has a like a, a good presence. And honestly, that bathing suit, though, was fire. Loved it. Oh, Karen's. Oh yeah, that was that was eighties tastic. Like it was great. women just wearing pearls and makeup and shit to, <laughs> to, the, to the pool because they're not because they're not actually getting in the pool. Right, we're just gonna put on a, a onesie <laughs> and some heels they're and there, some pearls and they're there for their diet coke break. <laughs> Insert product placement here, right? Gotta put the gotta bring that money in to make the show. Oh really? Because I mean uh, the budget was actually uh, really really good. I, I think with all of that product placement and all of those partnerships really helped. Yeah, because um, the the detail in the CGI was like really good this season. Yeah. But I mean, as far as the story goes, I mean, it is definitely by far the best season to date. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot better than two. Cause I mean, you do have the real world drama of, okay, a mall moves into the smaller town and is killing all the mom and pop stores. Mm-hmm. So you have that, which just kind of plays second fiddle to, Right, all of the crazy. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's some sort of like deeper meaning behind it, behind the whole Star Court thing and the whole killing of the small the smaller businesses. I mean, that was just the way things were happening because you had the rise of Walmart, you had the rise of malls in general. Yeah. the The one thing that I I really appreciated about the season was everything about Hopper's it. Shower uh, that scene? shirt was Ugh. oh. <laughs> oh, I, I I could watch. I I just pause and just appreciate the that image there. Um, and then we almost got full ass too. We yeah, did. we got, we got like a little little bit of a, a corner of it. Little, you like that side cheek? Little side right. cheek. <laughs> you shouldn't. It's my, my side, side cheek. cheek. <laughs> oh yeah. But but yeah, no. It's I. You know, I just need I just need Joyce and Hopper to do it. Like the whole season, I'm just like I just need you to. To just just do it, Joyce, do it for me. Well, I mean, like Murray was kind of like uh, 
talking to them about it, just like he did with uh, uh, Nancy, Nancy and, and Jonathan, yeah. and he wasn't uh, wrong about that. So I no, mean, Murray, 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 the <laughs> the matchmaker of the series. And it's kind of funny because it was Jonathan, and then it was Joyce. It's the whole buyers, yeah, family. like the buyers, like <laughs> the buyers got to work their shit out. Well, well, what's interesting is they also went back to a theme where in the first season, um, one of the fights that Joyce had with her original husband is she thought is her husband thought that Will was going to end up being gay, and yeah. then then I they mean... and then they harked back to it this season where Mike blows up at Will and tells him, "Well, you don't even like girls." Right. Which... I was I wasn't quite sure if that was more so like he could be gay or if that was just more so like he doesn't want to age with the rest of them and wants to, you know, just be like kids where girls have cooties in their girls. Right. I just read an article today where the the actor, I don't remember his name, who plays Noah Will, Schnapp. Yeah. Uh was Schnapp. saying that it's more the latter is okay. his interpretation of that particular line is that not it's not necessarily sexuality. It's that he's still wanting to just be a kid. I and, mean, give yeah, the kid a not... break. Like he he was possessed. He's been exactly. through some shit. <laughs> he's been through some shit. Yeah, you know he's he's been trapped in the upside down for a hot minute. He he was possessed. You know, after By the that. mind flare. Like, and... give the kid some slack. Hey, if the kid wants to, you know, catch up on lost time and just you know play D and D and not have to you know think about. The shit that he's dealt with, I'll, I'll let the kid do it. You I know? think I'm going to give him the MVP of this season award because, like, out of out of everybody, his main thing was like being a monster detector. Like, uh oh, this is bad guys run. Like the whole the whole like he he can he can sense the mind flare because he the mind flare was inside of him. He has so, true sight now. Yeah, he's got some sort of ex- extra normal sense. Um, his sensitivity to like anything from the upside down, which was actually p- kind of a nice little plot device. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, remember when uh, they released that first teaser poster where everyone's looking at the fireworks except for Will and Eleven? Oh, yeah. And yeah. we were kind of like trying to break that down. I mean, obviously, I mean, uh, Eleven, you know, she definitely has that connection with the upside down and Will being trapped there and being possessed by the Mind Flayer. He definitely has, you know, that connection with it. So he is kind of on par with her in terms of, you know, danger, like being able to, to acknowledge suss, suss out issues right, and exactly. stuff. But probably my favorite uh, character growth from seasons past and just through this season is probably Steve. 100%. Again, uh, yeah, again, just, Steve was oh great. Oh my gosh, he had so many great moments, but the one that sticks out to me the most is when he and Robin are in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. And she comes out to him, and he just doesn't even cause any attention to it. Right, he just, just rolled like, right with it. He just, just like, he just starts that girl, <laughs> why would you like that girl? And he's just like, she couldn't even carry a tune. You're saying she's a good singer? Like, they actually have an argument under on, like, who, like why she was or was not cute. Yeah. And I really, really like that because his reaction was kind of one of the pro- most perfect reactions. Because he totally set away all of his ego just to be there for her. Yeah. And which, which I think, you know, Dustin, he had that brief conversation with him, you know, like, stop trying to, you know, get with a girl who's who's going to help your popularity, you know, like try to be with someone who you actually enjoy being around. And and I find that Dustin's, you know, pretty like wise and woke for his age. Well, I, I, well, I, that whole 
the whole C team, we had like a C team. We had an A team, a B team, and a C team. And the the team of Steve, Robin, Erica, and Dustin. The scoop troop. The scoop, scoop troop. troop. <laughs> Was like absolutely per- perfect. I I really all their dialogue together. Erica being like this is she's like we'll call ourselves Team Child Endangerment. Child like, Endangerment. <laughs> she's like I want free ice cream for, for life. life. Well, I don't know if we could do that for life. life. And I was <laughs> so I uh, er- Erica Sinclair. That was a nice surprise. Yeah, I was actually really glad to see her. Um, but man, between the outfits, you know, the the costume design was everything this season. Uh, mm-hmm. Erica was like queen. Like I was just enthralled. But I mean, as that last episode, like you have movies or shows that you watch, and they just kind of like engrave themselves into you know, your your being and your soul and just become so etched in your mind that you, it's it's just so memorable. Like, see, the last episode of season three was very much that, like, between the colors and the never-ending story theme. I mean, nostalgia Holy overload. Holy crap, the never-ending story I, theme. Oh, I can't. Yeah. It was, I was Dustin's surprise girlfriend. Susie. Uh, Susie Pooh. Susie Pooh, Dusty Bun, yeah. So... Having watched the third season, what do you think is going to happen with season four if Netflix picks it up? I don't think they can go back to the upside down as a plot device. I think there's got to be something supernatural in the regular world. Right. So I mean, they do have that one demigorgon. Yeah. So Russia has a fucking demigorgon. Uh, like, I don't know what they're going to do with that or how they got it, but. I definitely think the next season is well, going to take mean, us out of Hawkins. They, cer- they certainly referenced the cage that was there yep. in the tunnels multiple yeah. times to just be like, and in the background, it was very prominently like, pointed out. Like, yeah. How tall did you say that thing was? Like, um, I think it would be interesting because they there's still a handful of mystery left because in season two, they actually left. Like, you had the Eleven's little side adventure. And right. you had her meet, uh, I think it was, uh, was it nine or eight? Eight. She was number eight. So you still got nine other, you have, there's nine other potential experimented on children out there. And then on top of that, one of the um, lab attendants that eight was after, he said that her father's still alive. So you still got that whole thing, and you, and then you've got the whole thing with L like wanting to recover her powers. Yeah. So there's a whole, and then the who, the the American that the Russians have, which we're all everybody's hoping it's Hopper. So I actually, nice. I don't think it's going to be Hopper. To be honest, I think oh. it, I think it might be Brenner, because oh. Brenner didn't really have you know like this definitive exit, and the biggest question that I've been asking myself is. How the hell did Russians find out about the Upside Down and the Demogorgon, you know, and why this did they true. come to Hawkins, of all places? Yeah. How did they know it was Hawkins? Right. So, you know, I think Brenner might be that that connection there um, to kind of bridge those two together. Um, but I, I don't think that Hopper's dead. Now... think he jumped up into the Upside Down right before that thing exploded? So, there, there were theories on that, but to be honest, like, the, the gap from where he was standing on the platform and the the gate it was it was so far like i don't think he could have jumped but what i do think is as crazy as that might be i think time travel 
might be involved because they oh, had a really big presence. Oh, um, you're right. Black, Back to the Future. Yeah. Huh. Um, so perhaps like either it, it transported him, like maybe that that explosion like transported him to Russia. So maybe he might end up in Russia. Yeah. If if it is him in the in the, the cell, like that yeah. could be how it happened, or you know perhaps uh, something involving with time. But but either way, I don't think Hopper's story is done, and I don't think he's gone. Yeah. That'll be the story. L has to go to Russia to rescue Hopper. Which I'm, which honestly, I would be really excited for. I'm down I, for. I think because I do think we're gonna leave Hawkins. Um, they did. They did say that they picked it up for a fourth season, and it looked. And they, I believe, their uh, oh, was it confirmed? Yeah, and they said. I think they said that they were going to uh, the fourth. The fourth season will be the last one. So that I'm not sure. Originally, on. they were talking about five, but they would like if we get to five. Like I think that's pretty much where we're going to stop. So, what were your favorite influences that you spotted throughout the season? Like, um, so obviously, the thing was a big influence. Uh, yeah, and this season, um, Back to the Future was really big. Um, yeah, the Terminator. The Terminator, oh, yeah, that um, bad Red Dawn. Russian. Yeah, there were, I mean, honestly, the, the 80s references were abundant yeah. in this season. Huge. This season? All seasons. This season? All seasons, all, like, every I've season. I've only seen one! <laughs> every season is very nostalgic and has a lot of references, but I feel like. It's in the 80s, it should be! <laughs> right, I just, I feel like season three was like i had i think it had more it, in it 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 had a very strong point for 1985 like that was the thing is like they're very good at picking the specific things for each year like 100%. with season 2 on halloween the boys dressing up like the ghostbusters Ghost, right, because exactly. 1983 is when the ghostbusters came out in theaters so it's it's like or it was it was like the late half of 1982 but either way it was like so i think it was like 83 because it was a year between season one and season two. Yeah. So that would have put it in 84. And it was like roughly eight months between season two and season three. So now we're in like 85. So I think like that was 80, 83. Yeah. So it's, um, so the, but they're very good. Like 1985, like that was a, that was, a, that was a year where like the mall, the mall started like popping up everywhere, you know, um, glamour shots, glamour. Sh- oh God. Glamour shots. Oh, like the, the whole, Max and L montage. I loved them all. Was fantastic. I I love that because the thing is, I was always kind of worried that she was just gonna ha- like hate Max the whole time. Me too. But I really like the fact that they actually finally hung out and L got to experience life like without the boys running around in their nonsense. Gotta have a montage. Yes, yes, the montage. Yeah, that was that was actually a really big. Th- I think all the women in the season were very like they were on it. The, yeah. One of the biggest things I liked about the season was that the result, like you got to solve the whole mystery, get rid of the big bad, and L and her powers actually didn't have as much to do with it as it has in the past. Like the kids and Hopper and Joyce, they all managed to do it themselves. Yeah, they they all had to work as a cohesive team, and then L. Even though she didn't have her powers, she did have the memory mm-hmm. of the whole thing with Billy, which in the end, it didn't. It wasn't her using abilities or force or anger or anything. It was her appealing to somebody's humanity. Yep. And I really liked that. That moment was actually fucking beautiful. It, get, it gave me chills. And I, Is that first, like when for, Xander stopped Dark Willow from destroying the world kind, uh, by uh, talking about the crayons? 
Actually, kind of, yeah. yes. So Buffy did it better first. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> got I would, it. I would say they're on par. Eh. Different time, like different periods of time, different tools. I mean, technically, because it's set in the 80s, L did it first. Technically, yeah. <laughs> He's got you there. Considering these are both fictional characters and <laughs> fictional television series, ah, it's still Buffy what? did it first. I Listen, thought, I thought Buffy was a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Shh, nobody's supposed to know that. Listen, there's an entire generation of kids who are going to only know Billy Ray Cyrus from Old Town Road. And that breaks my heart. <laughs> my achy, breaky heart. <laughs> it was the best thing I read on Facebook today. Sorry. Because they really should know him from Hannah Montana. Right? Of course. Well, clearly. there's going to be three different generations that know Billy Ray Cyrus. You've got Achy Breaky Heart. Oh, then that's got Hannah's dad. Hannah Montana slash trying to restart his music career. Ready, Set, Don't Go featuring Miley Cyrus is a great song off of his <laughs> album. And then you're going to have another generation that's going to know him from Old Town Road. I mean, at least you can say that he has a long career. <laughs> I will say him in that pink cowboy outfit was not doing him justice okay well we're we're diverging way too far off of this all right so final thoughts on stranger things season three i mean i could tell that y'all hated this season and are not going to watch the show ever again it was horrible all right so final final Uh, thoughts eric final final take on season three of stranger things it was great it was a little more violent and gory yes but not too much like deliciously so holy crap there was lots of children getting hit and thrown and smacked oh now you got me back into wanting to watch this my my butthole was clenched most of that season and i'm like that's most of the time in his life like what (laughs) what what huh always do your kegels huh always gotta keep it tight you did have a slumber party for its release that's true oh I, right. I would agree with you, Eric. I think the it, it definitely had a little bit more gore, and I think the stakes were a little bit higher. Yeah. Can I get to you? When did you start running this? I'm going to get to you with your final thoughts. She had her final thoughts. I'm going to get to you in a second. You can agree when it's your turn, sir. <laughs> she had the talking stick. See what happens when you give her what you want? Oh, girl. What you really, really want? I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna slam, 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 slam. All right, final thoughts on Stranger Things Season 3, Josh. Share Bear is yours. That was it. Okay, good. BJ, what are your final thoughts on season three of Stranger Things? It was wonderful. Perfect. Okay, good. After 30 minutes, I think we've said enough about it. It's a microsode. (laughs) I know. Well, I figured I knew this was going to be a big topic. I know it's something that is very big in uh, the cultural zeitgeist right now. So instead of doing a micro, since we were going to be doing this, I figured uh, let y'all run amok with it. And I tried to as little as i could interject with stupid bullshit during the uh, conversation so stranger things season three is now streaming on netflix so if you have a netflix subscription go watch it if you do not then um grab your parents neighbors friends log in and uh and watch it or be a good human being and go subscribe i don't know or is that capitalism and that's what people are yelling about I i don't know these things anymore i'm at that weird age where i'm just I'm getting ready to start shaking my fist at children on my lawn. Get off my lawn. I've already done it. I did that like two years ago. So I'm trying to. Why stop now? I know. I know. I'm getting there. (laughs) All right. So our next topic is going to be presented by BJ. You guys want to know what it is? What is it? It's Spider-Man Far From Home. Which was it? The song wasn't in the movie. Again. (laughs) 
Thwip. 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 Spider-Man, or as I like to call it, Peter Parker once again cleaning up Tony Stark's messes. <laughs> You're not wrong. Because I, I get... Are you sure it's not Night Monkey Far From Home? Night, Night Monkey Far From Home. Okay. Night Monkey cleaning up Tony Stark's <laughs> messes. Because if you sit, if you really pay attention, actually Iron Man 3 set this up perfectly. If you really, really, really pay attention, 90% of what Peter has to deal with is Tony Stark fucking up some shit or fucking with the little man. That's 90% of what Peter's been dealing with. And... Uh, far in from both home. Movies. In yes. Homecoming and in Far From Home. Yes. yes. And and that was the thing is I it actually to me it made Iron Man three a slightly better movie because that was the whole theme of Iron Man three. We kind of make our own monsters, and whereas Iron and Man Age of Ultron and Age well, of he Ultron literally made his own monster literally exactly. So it's one of those things where you're sitting there because the the even though. Uh, Tony Stark's not in this movie. His presence is very... Iron Man is very much talked about I mean, in there. Technically, his face, he he does talk in this movie. He does. So he got he still got a paycheck. <laughs> Damn right he did. <laughs> but um, no, so this one, it, it opens... It's, it's the final movie in Phase 3. And it opens up pretty much with um, uh, Peter's uh, classmates doing that opening news thing. Uh, with a tribute to They're the Fallen memoriam. Avengers movie, <laughs> the yes. In Memoriam, uh, and then explaining that... <laughs> the blip. The blip. <laughs> Awful. Which... Uh, although it did address one thing that I was that, that in my head was a big issue, was the whole, so if they just blipped out of existence and came right back, then everybody else is five years older. Yep. Right. And the, the one guy was like, I came back, my younger brother was older than me. And I'm like, Okay, at least we've addressed this. At least we understand that this is a, an issue. Can well, you imagine how weird that would be? <laughs> oh, Although yeah. I didn't understand. I have confusion. <laughs> right? When they showed the um, the return of the blip and the basketball players like popped out, like, did they fall into another game? Because it just looked like they started up. The, they were they were <laughs> right. in the same game. And in I was the, like, oh. right in the court. Or, or how does that work? So if you get blipped when you're 15 and you come back, you can, you, your body, like, like, your body are, is like, the are same you age. Now legally able to drive? No. Like, well, I or, mean, technically, you're if you have a license, or the, if, that wouldn't change. Or if you're blipped at seventeen, you come back five years later, and now you're twenty-two. So can you legally 22. drink? Well, they or can, do they these to, are all do they practical have, issues that they nobody have, cares to do address. Do they have to start putting asterisks on? Yes. Uh, well, they they did address on, it on uh, IDs that says this is my date of birth. Well, this is the date of me they, coming right. back from the well, they, they did address it somewhat where Betty uh, Betty was on the little news thing and, you know, they were halfway through the middle of the – they were halfway through their school year. And apparently the school system is having them completely start back at the same spot they left on except they have to restart their school year over. That's the thing. Is, is And she's like – She's like, some people studied real hard for those exams and made perfect scores. And the other guy's like, yeah, no, it really wasn't fair at all for us to have to restart our school year. So it's one of those things where they actually introduce the perfect plot device for the next phase. You have Wakanda that's effectively gone five years without a ruler. You've got Doctor Strange and how many of the other monks that were gone not watching the dimensional borders. You've got so you've got five years of all sorts of stuff that half the Avengers had to watch. Which over. it's okay in those five years, those dimensional borders got a wall put up. Yeah, uh. 
and it just it, it Mexico paid for it. It's no, fine. Okay. No. It's fine. <laughs> so I, I think in terms of Doctor Strange, I think Wong it might be the current uh, Sorcerer Supreme. No, I think he got. Uh, he they haven't. They, uh, we'll find well, out whenever they do the next Doctor Strange movie. Right. I don't think he got blipped. So such a stupid term. But um, but yeah. So you've got. So you kind of got this the stage set for everybody, and Aunt Aunt May is actually part of a neighbor the neighborhoods. Um, so she, like she's doing a fundraiser for people that were displaced. Um, because she was blipped. Yes. Which we hadn't really known about until this movie. Right. And, and when she's like, I, 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 I she reappeared in, a... in the apartment. The grandmother thought I was a ghost. <laughs> the wife thought I was a mistress. <laughs> <laughs> that whole scene was oh, that was fantastic. A- awesome. Once again, Aunt May just kind of comes in and they give us the perfect amount of May. And I will forever love this need they have to make her look as momish as possible oh my god those pants the, every the single pair pants. of pants that she was wearing i was like mom jeans for sure the glasses they weren't like, even like just mom jeans they were just like really high-waisted they, they like, like she has hips i didn't know marissa tomei had hips oh yeah but it was the oddest shaping for her body it wasn't a bad shape it was just so odd it was definitely mommed up except yeah. she still looked hot as fuck from like the neck up they're like gorgeous model from the neck down I'm frumpy mom. Mama. And I swear, if Peter just keeps calling her May, I'm going to slap that little... Have some respect, motherfucker. You won't be able to slap him. You, you're you going to miss him because he'll have his pink Peter Tingle. Peter Tingle. Peter Tingle. <laughs> uh, yes. I was really hoping, at least by the end of it, that he would like give it like a name. He would call it a spider sense. Well, right. I, yes. He tried to tell Happy that, and of course I Happy's know. just like, nope, we're talking about your Peter, Peter Tingle. <laughs> Peter I wish Tingle. he would have been a little more forceful at that point. It's my spider sense. And then like... At least just blurted it out like that, and then like that way it could become a thing. Yeah, because there's a lot of times in these movies where there is stuff that is Marvel's comic canon that isn't addressed as it is in the comics, and it's like just make a reference to it, make a passing reference to it, call Pepper rescue at some point. Like I came to your rescue, and like the little like little her mask just has a little like glint on it. I don't know something, right? But there's all these little things, and there's like you could like quirkily little you know throw them into these movies, and they don't. It's like ah. So, but um, so so you've so you've got that whole thing. Peter um has apparently been you know doing good as Spider Man, balancing his life out. Aunt May's more or less cool with the whole Spider Man thing. Um, I actually used him in the fundraiser. Um, Which the only part of that that I wasn't a hundred percent kosher on. Was that he just sounded like Peter Parker when he talked even with the spider suit? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, that suit is like pure tech. Why couldn't it like some way? Why couldn't yeah. he do why couldn't he do interrogation mode? Right. <laughs> Something. You. Anything. Thank just, you for being here. It just made it was very weird that like he has a very distinctive voice. And it's like nobody else has heard him talk. Well and then that play then that plays into the whole thing with, you know, he's He's got. He likes MJ. He will. He. Uh, they're going on this class trip. He's gonna. Is use she still this... Michelle? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, but she just gets called MJ through the entire movie. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, Michelle Jones. So they're going. They're going on this class trip. He and he actively. This is one part of the story that I. I didn't expect him to hark so much on. Is that he actually wants to take a moment to just 
be. He just wants to be Peter, which is something that always usually happens in the Spider-Man comics, which they like. I never thought the movies touched on because you know it's you don't have a lot of time to tell that story. But this this movie did a really good job of like showing Peter Parker being like, okay, I just lost somebody that and yet another person that's a father figure, um, and he's got to make that choice of whether or not he's going to be a hero or if he's going to be Peter Parker or if he's still going to continue to try and balance his life because then you have Mysterio and Nick Fury and Maria Hill kind of come crashing into his world during the trip, Um, which the whole thing with Mysterio, we all clocked it. Oh, yeah. But I love the little twist. Not all of us. Well, Hey, some I, of us over here were sitting there going, "Oh no, he's going to be from an alternate world." I gave two scenarios, <laughs> two scenarios. That one, I I did give the benefit of the doubt, but that's the one she was going with, folks. Don't let her try to no. fool you now. So don't let her way, try to fool you now. I was because I was sitting here saying, "Nope, she from this world," and he's like, "Nope, she's going to be from another dimension." I said, he could be. You don't know. We could open the multiverse. It's fine, but. Like we all knew that he was going to end up being the bad guy, and that everything was was an illusion. I mean, that's what else are you gonna do? <laughs> Stop patting your eyes at me. <laughs> blink for these, blink for these hoes, blink for these, blink for these hoes. What? Done with Sorry, you. but settle, settle down, Tiger. Sorry, <laughs> but they but they did a really good job of like the nice little twist on it though was the fact that he was a previous em- employee of Tony Stark's. Yeah, that was actually really cool and it kind of showed some flashbacks. Not not only that, but he's the one that developed the holographic technology barf, barf, barf. Um, that Tony called it. Um and not only that, his entire crew is all uh, one was even a henchman of the uh t- Iron Man 1 bad guy. See, this is my only thing about that. This is my only thing. It felt like a very bad Lewis skit from uh, Ant-Man because uh, you had to stop the forward motion of this movie to explain to everybody and not just like, okay, like not that we see it like a little bit happening. We literally are fed the same lie as everybody else in that's in, that's in this story. And then you get to a point, and we're like, hold up. Here's what's really happening. And they walk you through every bit of it. I like that they were, like, the, I like the crew. I yeah. liked why they were all together and doing this. I have no problem with the plot itself. I didn't like how it was executed at this point of the movie. Uh, because so you w- you had a dead stop, that movie. Would you have preferred uh, flashbacks at the very beginning before the real Peter Parker stuff started to show the formation of what was going to happen? Or do you prefer there being the twist at the end? I think if it had played out a little bit more and then maybe given some bits and pieces... like. The way it started to unravel, like it, it worked fine. Like, okay, then this piece is here, and this is how this one character kind of is starting to tie, like, piece other things together, and like the all these parts are starting to like gel and come together. And then it's like, okay, but this is like right after we have just stopped all forward momentum to go. Here's to you, Jill, and like here's your backstory and what you did for this plot, and here's to you, Tom, and here's your your backstory and your part of the plot and like 
literally like just having to go piece by piece through this whole thing. Like it was a, a cool reveal when um when he finally gets Edith and drops the illusion and then it's like, oh, okay, like here's the point. Like I did my damnedest and I did not read anything before going into this movie, and that's why even with my crazy schedule the last couple of days, I went and I saw this movie before we're doing this recording because I keep seeing all these like Nick Fury post credit scene explained and oh, this yeah. about this and I'm like yeah. I'm going to get something spoiled. Damn it, internet. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't. I didn't click on anything. I'm not watching any videos about stuff. Like, whatever. So I went into this cold, but figuring, okay, Mysterio is obviously the villain. It's, it's Mysterio. If you take Mysterio and you invert his character, I'm kind of done with you right now. Like, get your shit together. And I would have been okay if he had started as a, a good guy, but then turned into the villain. Uh, no. That's how I, he was originally introduced. He was originally intru- like went posing as a hero. This whole this whole storyline is his. Yeah, it's like, because it's, he had these. He had monsters that he had illusions, and he posed as this hero that saved you know the city yep. or whatever from these these monsters. So this is basically his his comics origin story, which is cool. And I was fine with them playing with that. Yeah, but with the fact that the, he was a villain the whole time, or he's had this whole plot this whole time. Um. Yeah, I just I just wanted there to be something less More. clunky right at that point because it was almost like first half is done. Now here's you the start of two. Yeah, like, you you didn't want you didn't want an a you didn't want the the sort of cinematic pause. Yeah, I didn't need to yeah. be spoon fed the whole thing. Like if in somehow like if they were where they have that scene where they're doing this whole thing with these uh where they're creating the battle that next battle. Yeah, like if they had started in some way, shape, or form kind of talked about it that way or something yeah that was less clunky i think i would have appreciated it more than just you mean like without bump. that bar scene yeah the bar scene was fine and even when the bar illusion went down fine like okay cool just all the chatter it's all these flashbacks these it, cheers to it, you for this and like, well because it literally had to spell out this is this was your part of this plan yeah this yeah. was your part of this plan this was your part of this plan even if it had just been like Joe, you know, you were screwed over for this and, you know, fired and you were like, had it just been in conversation, not with all these flashbacks and not all this stuff where the movie had to stop forward momentum to then show you back plot. Yeah. To then start back up again. Like, I just felt like it did not need to have that. How would you have felt if he had just did his own and then just summarized everybody, you know, that like, we're going to get back by, you know, this and this like if they had just stopped at really him and not gone through what was know. it five people he didn't know. like the pot that's it the just thing was, that's, it that's just the was too much the way that it was yeah. yeah i i i don't know how i would have felt if it was just one i just think there could have been a better way to introduce all of these things yeah or had they just talked about it and you know tony screwed us over because like, even at the beginning of um of homecoming like there was scenes that had the whole thing with the the cleanup crew and that stuff. Yeah. Like it felt different. And you Tony, didn't need to stop and, in the and, middle of it and be like And Tony Stark's the one that created that government agency that went and, and screwed those guys over. Exactly. No, no, no. It, it, that's in Yeah. It, I that's absolutely correct. And it felt like so so much more of an organic way to introduce all of that into the story rather than dead stop your story to then show these you know flashbacks where you've now inserted people into previous scenes of movies or or now shot extra things or whatever and it just felt like it was too much 
to basically separate first half of movie from second half of movie. Mysterio is good guy. Mysterio is bad guy. Like, it just felt too... It felt like too much of a break for me. Yeah. Maybe just me. I'm not saying it was a bad movie. I'm not saying, like... And I like I said, I liked the plot. I just didn't like how that part of it was handled. No, yeah. I, would, I would actually agree with you. Because, I mean, when I was watching it, I kind of struggled for that first half. Like, even with the, the elementals, I just... I was, like, constantly thinking to myself, this can't be the actual story right well oh. and the fact that we all kind of we all know that mysterio origin story we're all kind of sitting there going all right when's this how, shoe gonna drop how's right. he how's when he gonna play this gonna off yeah yeah how like they've got to show us how this so I, that's why i liked when the when the the illusion came down i liked that oh that was a fantastic like scene that, that whole scene like them talking to each other even him putting the glasses on even his body language was different like it, it everything well, he, came down he he so echoed and mimicked tony yep. for that whole thing because at one point i was like either peter is either peter's really sad and missing tony or he's really turned on right now <laughs> one of the two. i was turned on yeah. i wasn't quite sure about tom holland in that scene uh, although i do love the fact that he now just refers to jake gyllenhaal as his husband so yeah like, yeah <laughs> um but yeah so like it was just a matter of waiting to find to, for that shoe to drop because you knew it was going to happen yeah Although I did love the fact that they actually referenced this as Earth six one six, so yep, that yep. was that was my favorite little Easter, Easter egg. egg or like comics nod to the comics. Although this is really more the Ultimate Universe, so you know. Well, and, th- and that was the thing. That was the other thing about the blip is that now Miles, how Miles existed that universe, and now he's five years older, so he could already be going to the same school that Peter's going to, and they just haven't even they could introduce him. So it's like it's something they could use later on. Um, he exists in which universe? He, he exists in the MCU. Yeah, because Donald Glover and the Prowler. Uh, Hon- I know, yeah. I know the no. Prowler exists, but Miles exists we, in six on the six one six Earth also. Yeah, so I don't know how they were. Well, no, it, the it's... the Prowler mentioned Miles in the Homecoming. He's like, I have a nephew that lives in this neighborhood, and I don't want these weapons going around. Yeah, yeah. they could, they could use it as an Easter egg. They could use it to introduce him yeah if if they want to and whenever because i know tom holland's only got one more movie left on the contract assuming disney doesn't throw a giant wad of money at sony i'm hoping that happens because i should yeah it mysterious said it was from earth eight was it eight three three or eight eight three uh because if it's eight three three that's where there's spider uk yeah where he's a braddock <laughs> spider-man is a braddock and considering braddocks have now been name checked in the mcu i just it makes my heart single <laughs> But if uh, I get a Captain Britain, if I get a Brian uh, Braddock in the fucking Marvel universe at some point in time, I will lose my shit. Nice. I will lose <laughs> my shit. Captain Britain is like one of my all time favorite superheroes. So but, that's uh, just me digressing. But they um but so there was uh so then you have the shoe you have the shoe drop, Mysterio's fake. You have I I love the fact that Tony Stark is very much trying to not Tony Stark, um Nick Fury is very much trying to figure out some sort of plan for the future because now he's got a whole bunch of heroes all off world or busy i didn't love nick fury in this movie through most of it there's reasons which... <laughs> i mean did it, were we any of us really i mean i was kind of suspecting it but i mean uh no i wasn't i i i was thrown by the uh no. the 
Eric has not seen this movie and still has his ears on, so I don't want to spoil the post credits for him. He's trying to la 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 himself. He literally <laughs> like pulled away from the microphone as if that was gonna lessen <laughs> the hearing. Him. He's like, if I'm back here, I can't hear it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, even if I take my headphones off, I know you can still hear I us. Can still yeah. hear you talk. <laughs> we loud as fuck. I know, but it's just like I I I didn't love his portrayal, and then it's it's explained. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, obviously, we get a reason for it, but yeah. Um, it, but no, they. But yeah, the, you've you've got so you've got that going on in the background, um, which kind of makes me want to rewatch the movie again. Um, the Mysterio illusions were fucking on point. Yeah. Oh, Holy yeah. fucking shit! Like, uh, at first I was like, oh okay, he's he's dropping the illusion, and then like realizing he's in an illusion within an illusion within an illusion that oh, whole that was, thing that was fucking me up yeah oh, girl, when he stepped into the illusion and like i was like oh 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 and then they showed him later on with the the fishbowl on his head yeah i was like why does he have to have a fishbowl on his head like i don't understand this what i thought was interesting was the suit that he was wearing at that time yep. which is which is actually like what they wear in real life yep like I the, thought, the vocab I, suits little metal yeah, those, yeah. yeah. meta <laughs> um Girl, Jake Gyllenhaal can wear anything, mm. and I'd be a-okay with that. Mm. <laughs> I was having serious daddy issues during this movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I will just say that I loved, like, when when he named the AI Edith, I was like, that's interesting. Oh, oh and the and then, acronym? <laughs> oh, my goodness. What is it? Even, even dead, I'm... I'm still I'm, the hero. No, even dead, I'm, I'm the, the hero. hero. I'm the hero. E-D-I-T-H. Even, Even dead, dead I'm, the I'm the hero, which is what this episode is going to be called because I just enjoyed that <laughs> so much. It was like Tony loved his acronyms. <laughs> I'm like, yes, Bark. yes, he did. But um, but no, in the final, the final battle, I freaking lo- like that is some of the best, like final battle nonsense on every level um you've got the whole thing with peter's friends being in trouble which is one of like his biggest fears you've you've got every you've got pretty much the perfect storm for a or even before that yeah. his second to last confrontation with mysterio when he's in the the illusion like the he's inside of the illusion world so to speak uh, and yeah. his costume is changing and all these things are happening and he's goes to punch mysterio and it's a column and like the all I, of that was I so that was spot yeah. on, like just it was a visual mind fuck. Like there were points where I was like, I was starting to get a little dizzy because like everything is spinning so much, going so fast. It was like um, the scene from Doctor Strange, like the, the oh, mirror world where everything yeah. was. Oh, where that, he, that he, fight that Astro at the beginning. projects him. I feel like I need to be on. Oh, the, the mirror world that. one. The mirror yeah. world one. Yeah, where at the beginning with um, what's her name? Uh, not Kate Blanchett. Um, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Uh, like it kind of felt like that mm. just ramped up even more because now you have all of these the scenery changing and all these things happening and, and then when that kind of gets revisited again when he's like you want the glasses take them and all the drones come fly in and then the it becomes the the illusion world again just and that's when his room. peter tingle starts working and he's like fuck this i got it and he just starts beating the shit out of the drones as he's going through that was that was incredibly done. I was very yeah. very impressed with that. That would that yeah. So that that whole thing, um, so, and the th- and the way they the way they kind of entered the way Mysterio worked throughout the movie, any of those other people in the crew can be Mysterio. Oh yeah. So like it's more of a title now. And if you notice between the end of Homecoming with the Tinker and 
the way these the, his his crew kind of ran off, they've kind of got a perfect. They've almost got a perfect storm for like a Sinister Six sort of story. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. But they, yeah, because yeah, you because and and you. Well, didn't we have two shockers? We had yeah, we had the, we had the original yeah. shocker and, and then we had the second two. one who yeah. who did, who wasn't killed. And yeah, then, so so like, but that's to your point where they're kind of they've already shown that like, oh, okay, well we lost this one. Well. Here is Gauntlets. You go for broke. Now you're the you know you're yeah. the shocker now. And so you, and you've got Matt Gargan and technically the Vulture, even though it was Tombs, he was using a suit. Yeah. So there's yeah. no reason why somebody else. There's no reason why the Tinker couldn't rebuild something like that. There's no reason why the Tinker couldn't hook up with the Mysterio's crew. There's a whole th- there's a whole lot of villains and although, stuff they can do. This is the thing. This is and I thought about this going into the movie. I'm kind of mad at these movies killing their villain at the end of it. Like almost all of these movies, your uh, main prote- your main um, antagonist ends up dead. I don't think Mysterio is dead, to be honest. I think he is. I think I think um, the guy is dead, but as far well, as the, yeah, yeah, to BJ's point, like it could now be a title, it could be a mantle versus the per- Jake Gyllenhaal. If Jake Gyllenhaal's body was not recovered and pronounced dead, that end credit scene would not make sense. It wouldn't need to be there. You'd have to have a body in order to... Unless it was another illusion. (laughs) The the police aren't picking up a body. You're not examining an illusion. These illusions had no physical form. It was all holographic projection. So... Well, yeah, but I mean, you can replace another body with... Yeah, and I I still... I I don't think they would go that route with it. I think because, obviously, the person that's now fucking with Peter is part of that crew because we saw that thumb drive go out yep, with right. information. And Which then, we know was edited. Well, exactly. And then right. that led to the, your your mid-credit scene. So I think that you have more of a, a mantle situation happening or like legacy titles going down. But like Loki managed to make it out as the you know a main antagonist. But look at like, you know, well, Ronan also did, right? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like you know, you've got Killmonger that died at the end of his movie. You've got now Mysterio. You've got all of these villains that come in and then end up getting killed. Hella, even. I mean, although she's the goddess of death, so you never know. There, um, and there was a there was a review. I think it was IGN did like a a a, a video on that where the fact that it's because they're movies. Yeah. That that I, they that they don't really that they kind of make a final story for a villain. Yeah, I get it, but I would like there. To, I would like it to have, be that that person is still possibly out there, you know, that could come back, and then you could do something where because you have things like the Sinister Six, where you have these villain team ups, you know, or, or Thunderbolts, or you know, there's there, yeah. there's a ton of different ways that you could go with it, and I, I just it makes me sad that they keep on getting rid of these characters after one movie. With, I mean, there's always a potential to bring them back because Killmonger is going to be in Black Panther too. Uh, but you just you don't know how that's gonna be. Yeah. Um and also to your point with Black Panther you're saying with you know being without a leader, they've already talked about the fact that T'Challa will be passing the mantle on more than likely to Shuri at some point, whether it's in Black, Black Panther, Panther two or um Black Panther three yeah. with Shuri becoming the Black Panther. Which I'm down for to be oh, honest. She's oh, she's been yeah. in the comics, so well, yeah. it, there's precedent for it. And yeah. she's obviously she's loved she's a loved character in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be a great a great move for them to to do. Um so I think that's I think we, we don't really need to go into the the end credit scenes, especially I don't want to spoil it for Eric. Those are two really good scenes. Fantastic. Um, so just to be super vague about it, um 
Let's, let's see how vague you can be. I was going to say. I'm like, anytime anybody's like, to, to be vague about it, this person did this to this person. Well, no, I was going to say the thing that the person that appeared on the screen, well, a I, screen, was. So we will say this. Everything. It's J. Jonah Jameson. That doesn't have anything to do with the actual point of it. Oh, yeah. They bring J. Jonah Jameson. And, and it's the original actor. J. Jonah, awesome. J. Jonah Jameson is basically Alex Jones. That was so fucking <laughs> Infowars. It, it's an Infowars type show, which was, was everything I wanted. It was so Infowars. It was unbelievable. It was fan fucking task. Because like with uh like with the Spider-Man video game, Jameson has a podcast. Like yeah. Intro- oh, yeah. yeah, introducing that character into different forms of media is one of my favorite modern Spider-Man storytelling devices. Yeah, it's it, I mean, I'm glad that they have updated with the times to be able to make it still work and still have some way to connect uh J Jonah Jameson to Spider-Man. The Spider-Man mythos at all is is pretty fantastic. 100%. So, okay. Let's give flame ratings for Spider-Man Far From Home. Eric, what, how many flames do you give it, just from our description? <laughs> 57. Yeah, so good. Uh, Josh, what's your flame rating for Spider-Man? Uh, I would Spider-Man? say like four and a half. Cool. BJ? 4.5. Okay. I'd say probably 4.25. I think I think that, that mid-movie stop really kind of hurt my my... my yeah review of it I took would, about a quarter of a star i would kind off. of agree you know <laughs> it could have been yeah smoother but hey it's done it's in the it's in the can it's on the screens and uh, it's doing well so all right so joining us just in time for his topic brian is here brian what's your first topic who really wow <laughs> so much love um, you so i have been uh getting caught up on television uh, mainly because I have moments to do that for once. Um, I actually finally got caught up on the uh, Amazon adaptation of Good Omens. Ooh. How was it? Has anybody else either seen it or read the book? I have no. read the book and I'm almost done no. with the show. Excellent. So this is a book that came out when I was in college, I think. Maybe even high school. It may have been high school. And I don't it, remember. It was written by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, right? Correct. Terry Pratchett of uh, Discworld, uh, all of those amazing books, and Neil Gaiman of all of the amazing Neil Gaiman books. Yep. They're great authors. They are very different storytellers, uh, but this is a project. They were dear friends, and this is a project that um, uh, the, the book they worked on together when Neil uh, Gaiman was fairly young and had only written, I think, a little bit. Um, but Amazon adapted it mostly because Neil, uh, actually had talked to Terry before Terry Pratchett died, um, about, Hey, wouldn't this be great? We should do this. And then when he died, uh, Neil Gaiman was like, we need to do this. This has to happen for Terry, you know? Um, and he pitched it and because of his work with American gods, uh, being adapted on stars, um, and uh, other television work that he's been doing, he uh, he said, "Yeah, we can do this." He he adapted it himself. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he had some help, but like it was ma- mostly his uh, efforts. Uh, and it starred, um, oh my God, what's the what's his there Azarafels? Uh, I can look him up as we talk. He's uh, Sheen. 
I want to say Char- uh, Charlie Sheen. Nope, not Charlie Sheen. <laughs> not Charlie Sheen. Oh, no, hold on. Michael Sheen. Michael, Michael Sheen. Sheen. Thank Michael you. Sheen. Thank you. Michael <laughs> Sheen. I wanted to say Martin names. Sheen, but I knew it wasn't. Right. Yeah, it was n- Michael Sheen. Not, none, of the, none of the American Sheens. This is a very Welsh Sheen. Is it an Estevez then? <laughs> no. It's not the Estevez part <laughs> of the family? The, that's not that <laughs> random Estevez uh, Emilio? variant. No? All right. Um, so uh, so he's a Xerophel. Xerophel's an angel. And then David Tennant, of course, we all know David Tennant from Doctor Who. Who is he? Broadchurch, uh, <laughs> whatever else. I don't know. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Oh, very good. Very good. So he is, um, oh, God, what's, oh. Um, Crowley. Crowley. Not Crawley. Crowley, who is I'm a like demon. like Supernatural? What? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but they—they're both. Uh, one's an angel, one's a demon, and they are effectively trying to stop Armageddon. Um, they have grown very accustomed to humanity, uh, whether it be because they're trying to help humanity or tempt humanity, depending on the on the specific uh, character. They are actively over the course of their uh, time trying to uh, stop Armageddon because uh, basically the Antichrist is born, uh, and then start to get triggered and set in motion and then as as they can they are trying to screw that up without tipping off their hand that they're doing so well like from the get-go they like they kind of screw up because like just from being on earth they've kind of gone native like the whole adam and eve thing was like the perfect scene where aziraphale is chatting with with crowley and they're just like he's just like where did where did your flaming sword go oh and he's like what he's like a flaming sword it's fl- flaming like like anything. You, don't tell me you already lost it. He goes, no. He's like, I, I gave it. He's like, what? He's the, like, the, the, I gave it. The woman it. was with child. I had to help her. There are beasts out there. So, like. so what you really <laughs> see is Zerafel is is uh, very much like actively concerned about humanity and trying to help them along the way. Crowley's not necessarily like taking care of them, but his idea of temptation is very. Um, it's uh, modern, modern, but also kind of like okay. So he turns the big beltway around London into a, a sigil to uh, chant the Dark Lord's name and cause some low-level uh, demonic radiation. Uh, I mean, and that's that's a choice. Like it's a thing. Um, but I, I will say this: uh, it's 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 a it's in a very star-studded uh, uh, cast. In addition to those two, there are many cameos, many actors who you've definitely seen in various American and British shows. Uh, it is, uh, I don't know if it's faithful. In fact, I, 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 it's been so long since I read the book. I, I have read that it is not entirely faithful, it's, but deliberately so because they realized the ending of the book may not have made the best ending for a, a TV show. Yeah, I know they, 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 I've, I've heard they veered from the ending, yeah. but like, mo- like the, the most memorable lines from the book, bu- from the book are, completely present throughout the throughout the movie and that uh, throughout the show and the most interesting thing is the show takes place in modern times yes but uh, whereas the book it was it very much didn't the the book took place in a modern era that it was written yeah but they've had to update it a lot of course what's funny is you still see like answering machines and um uh, you see cell phones, which they didn't have when it was written, but you see yeah. other modern things. So, yeah, they've definitely done a good job of updating it. it. It has a Stranger Things vibe in a certain respect, not the uh, throwbackness, but in that sort of Goonies kids misadventure right. kind of thing. And the uh, be and- careful. Josh might get upset if, if you if it's not exactly like it. Oh, um, oh, well, no, I don't he's want being facetious. I don't want you to <laughs> he's being a bitch. Oh, well, 
I yeah. I want you to uh, picture uh, what's what's the 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 curly haired the big hair kid Dustin. 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 So he looks like the Antichrist. Basically, okay. the actor they picked is like uh, kind of oddly chosen to look maybe like him. Um, and uh, oh gosh, there's just so many good things. Um, the little girl approaching war and being and war being like, go home and play with your dollies, little girl. And she's like, I do not condone everyday sexism. Right. She resists the patriarchy. I mean, that was certainly not in the original text. But no, but hilarious. It doesn't matter if you've read the book. It's still a great. What is it? Eight episode, uh, hour long episode, uh, eight eight, eight episode thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it is a mini series. I don't expect it to be a sequel. They do kind of lead it open enough that you could maybe do another thing, but I, I just don't think there needs to be for this. Um, it is also, I should say, a satire of religion. So if you are very uh, precious about your your Christianity. Uh, it, you may not love it as much, um, but I have a feeling that if you are like myself, even if you have a, a faith, it, it pokes fun at some of the biblical Armageddon topics, if you will, and in a way that's it's pretty playful and fun. And even has a crucifixion scene, uh, you know, showing moments throughout history yeah. uh, that that's handled very well. And I actually really kind of thought that was that was good the way they did that. Um, no, it's great. You should definitely watch it again. If you're a Neil Gaiman fan, I don't have to sell you on this. Um, all of my friends who are kind of my age have read the books and they all loved it. And I, I, I love did too. I love that John Hamm plays Michael. Yes, John Hamm is. <laughs> it's weird seeing him pop up in these random things, but you know, John Hamm was an English teacher. Yeah. So I wouldn't be shocked if he's like a huge game and like fanboy. Oh yeah, there's and no so doubt in my mind. Any chance he can like do anything uh, to to kind of be a part of that? But there's a lot of cameos. I, do you know who the um, Witchfinder major, Witchfinder whatever? Do you know who that is? No. It's uh, Michael McKean. Oh, I was wondering. Okay, because he seems super familiar. I had to look it up because I was like, is that? Oh, my God. It's Mr. White from Clue. The the witch finder. The witch finder thing is great. (laughs) And if you've seen the most recent Doctor Who season, you know about the witch finder because uh, Alan Cummings played a uh, King James who was a big part of that whole weird witch finder thing. movement let's say but anyway it's great gotta watch it good omens on amazon prime uh enjoy well you will be happy to know that netflix has agreed to cancel good <laughs> omens oh yeah thanks to the petition of twenty thousand angry christians <sighs> who demanded that netflix cancel good omens but only if amazon cancels what lucifer or something I no don't no no <laughs> they they uh the, the petition was for netflix to cancel good omens to which um, Netflix responded with with uh, something, and then Amazon was like, "Well, how about we cancel Sabrina the Teenage?" Or no, uh, we can't. How about we cancel Stranger Things? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Right. It was, <laughs> yeah, they they at least uh, really just kind of mocked the petition. It was amazing. So Twenty thousand angry I saw Christians. That. I, I just I was a little confused because. It wasn't. It's an Amazon right. Prime. Right. It's, a, it's a joke. Right? Okay. That's the whole thing. Well, okay. I mean, well, not the, the original. Angry, twenty thousand angry Christians, and I say twenty thousand because twenty thousand people signed this petition. They created a petition for Netflix to cancel the show. Most of them were Russian, if that helps. <laughs> I mean, of course they were. They may or may not have been real bots. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Battle of the Seasons, the RuPaul's oh, Drag Race, exactly. Oh. Ah, let's come on, with bots. All right. So, if you were going to give it a flame rating, what would you give it? It's not perfect. There's actually a couple scenes I was like, oh, you could have cut that. It would have been okay. Um, but I would say four out of five. BJ, you watched it also. What would you give it? Uh, I'd say also four out of five. Cool. So that is Good Omens, not on Netflix, but on Amazon Prime. 
So uh, go catch that now. My topic for this first round is going to be something that took what feels like 412 years to finally make its way there. Um, especially considering Marvel uh, solicited on the covers about five months out. And it was like, War of the Realms coming in five months. War of the Realms coming in four months. I was like, is this fucking war ever going to happen? So War of the Realms is a... I guess you could say it's an eight-issue storyline. Because I believe those are the, there's an Alpha and an Omega issue. Along with these six issues in the main storyline. With a lot of tie-in books. Of course. Of course. So, if you wanted to, you could read about uh, four, seven, ten other tie-ins for different things. I read the X-Men one, which was actually a very good tie-in to it. These were only three-issue tie-ins to the storyline because it lasted over eight issues. Is this considered a major crossover event? or Yes. This is, I think, the first one since... Secret Wars? Was Secret was the last one? Because I know they were saying they were going to go about a year and a half. So I want to say 15, 17, 17. Uh, yeah. I feel like there might have been one more after Secret Wars. Okay. Maybe it was Civil War 2. There was something. It was Civil War 2. Was it? It was yeah, Secret yeah. Wars, Civil War 2, and then they, they stopped. Yeah. So um, this has actually been uh, coming since 2013 when Jason Aaron took over Thor. Yeah. With Thor, God of Thunder. And he has basically been playing this long game since 2013 through Thor God of Thunder, Thor Goddess of Thunder, the unworthy Thor, um, and now back to the Thor title, where he's been planting Malekith's takeover of the Ten Realms as you go through these stories and you kind of see all these things happening and um, all the realms falling slowly but surely, these battles that are raging on, these things that are happening... And there's Malekith behind the scenes just orchestrating the whole thing. He was the Dark Elf, right? Yes. Okay. Played by Christopher Eccleston, another former Doctor. The best Marvel movie ever. Oh, come on, Thor of the Dark World. <sighs> come on. It was horrible. We all know it. But I still love Eccleston. He's my favorite Doctor. I will probably get a lot of hate mail for that. How could you not love Tennant? How could you not love Matt Smith? Eccleston is my doctor, motherfuckers. That's where How I started. Could you not love ha- Paul hashtag not, hashtag. <laughs> not oh my, my god! Thank you. <laughs> and nobody mentioned Jody Whittaker though. What's going on with that? Haters. Uh-huh. So I don't watch Doctor Who. I started. I don't even know who you are. I started the the Christopher Eccleston one. I got like maybe three or four episodes in. Once well, that's I, your first mistake. Once I saw. It doesn't hold up. I th- um, yes, it does. Because every time know. I hear "Toxic" by Britney Spears, do, 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 I'm do, do, do. instantly transported. I, I admit to back Cassandra. to Cassandra's ship, as I am. But it, it, I wouldn't have moisturize there. me. <laughs> oh, let's, let's listen to a classical tune on what the Earthlings called an iPod, as they wheel the jukebox out <laughs> and "Toxic" starts playing. That is my favorite fucking uh. thing in the world. I give you the breath from my lungs. <sighs> Anywho. Literally. Uh, so we've been building up to this for years upon years upon years. We finally got to the War of the Realms. This is actually a story that released on time. Ooh. All the issues came out in My a God. timely manner. It felt like every other week 
there was uh, some sort of War of the Realms book. And it was actually a really good story. Because after the end of Jane Foster's run as the Goddess of Thunder, we had the Mangog come in and um, it was basically a Ragnarok situation. Ended up destroying the Bifrost, destroyed Mjolnir. Jane Foster died. Odin got her out of Valhalla. All this fun stuff happened. But then basically Asgard lies in ruins. So now uh, Earth is home to most of the Asgardians. Again? Again. Uh, But they start the War of the Realms with Earth being the final realm to take over. The other nine realms have fallen to Malekith and his dark forces and uh, Cinder from the Queen of Hell or the Svartalheim. I'm not pronouncing any fucking realms because <laughs> it's just not going to... Uh, so the ice, the frost giants, the crazy molten flying demon thingies, the, the angels of hell, like all of them are just invaded Earth and basically beat the crap out of the Avengers, the X-Men, like basically they have to put a hasty retreat. Oh, the the Minotaur guy that runs Roxxon is held up in like Antarctica. He's taking down the the telecommunications for everything. So the most of this story takes is our is our heroes of the story on the defensive and having to figure out a way. Thor goes to chase after um Malekith, so he's stuck on Jontime, whatever the Frost Giant realm is, and so he's out of action. I listen. Calm I'm down, not saying anything. Calm down, Morag. You didn't get that <laughs> either, bitch. So bitch, just shut up. <laughs> Nadavilier, Nadavilier, Mister Belvedere. Yeah. So uh, it 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 takes quite a few epi- uh, quite a few episodes, quite a few issues. For there to be any sort of uh, advance for the heroes. And eventually Freya becomes the badass all-mother that we all know that she is. So she's still alive? Yes. Freya in the comics is still alive. Um, Odin was almost killed because Malekith's assassins came in and stabbed him. They did the stabby stabby. Stab stab. And then... uh, I loved that motion you just used for stabby stab. (laughs) The stabby stabby. Because... I mean, podcasts are a visual. They are. Famous. Yeah. Just imagine there were two gentlemen about 45 degrees from either side of me, and I'm just <laughs> masturbating them. You're doing, the, down you're doing the double shake weight. <laughs> stabby, stabby. The double shake weight. This is as fast as it's going. And sorry. <laughs> uh, so uh, my, one of my favorite parts, though, is Odin is you know in his resting slumber to recover. And then he's like, I need to go after my wife. Make sure she's okay. And Tony Stark is like, I got you, boo. Builds him a suit of armor. We got fucking Iron Odin. And it was phenomenal. <laughs> it was it was gold. It was so gaudy. I think I'm tempted to read this now just for that. Right? I was going to say, did he use... Because I was there. This isn't the first time Tony Stark has made like... Did, was it like an Asgardian armor? Or was it just like technological, like his normal stuff? Girl, I have no idea. Because... One panel, they're in. They're talking about it. The next panel, Odin shows up at fucking Stonehenge, where Freya's being held captive at the Black Bifrost, and there's just Odin like, "I'm here, motherfuckers." 
and his suit matches his gold eye patch because he's had a gold eye patch for a while. Because in order to be an all father, you have to be missing some sort of body part. And Thor has the same gold patch now, doesn't he? In the comics, like I think I saw the picture. No, really? Wait, boy, did he lose an eye? Boy, when did he lose? Did he lose an eye in this? I mean, I, I don't know if he lost an he eye in did. War of the Realms. He lost but... an eye on the World Tree or in the Sun oh, on the World oh, Tree. Oh, that's right. Basically paralleling right. Odin's whole, yeah. Well, yeah. Eye. I mean, he's been missing an arm this whole time, so. Yeah, the army lost because Malekith cut it off yeah. like a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is after he became the Unworthy. It was in the Unworthy Thor. Yeah. Because he had, yeah, because um, he had been whispered in his ear. He dropped Mjolnir. It stayed on the moon. Yes. And then Jane somehow managed to be on the moon. I forget how that happened. And then Jane Science. picked it up. I think she just popped up there. The the All Mother took her there. Freya to took it. her there. Yeah, Freya took her there. Freya knew Jane was Thor the whole time. Yeah, because oh. it's, it's been a while since I've read this. She so says this is all years. Mother. There she needed there all. needed to be a Thor that loved Earth or protected. Uh, that was uh, she said there needed to be a Thor that cared for the Earth as much as the original Thor. Ah, gotcha. Um, so. Malekith's armies end up overtaking Odin, even in his Iron Man armor. And at this point, Thor is on Asgard. He's come back from Jontime. This is all he's back. And Malekith basically tells him, I've got your parents. There's a spell around here. If anybody other than Thor comes to come tries to come through it'll instantly kill them and i will kill your parents so then he's like what do i do so then he hurls himself at the world tree which is in the heart of the sun and um basically wait who does he have throw him there somebody throws him to it i forget maybe it was there was somebody he gets it was a fastball special I want to say, and I know Colossus is like my first, my my first guess. Um, but he, but he gets hurled onto uh, the into the sun. He basically crucifies himself to the world tree and says he's going to stay there until he's given the answers, until he he knows what to do, and ends up giving up the last piece of Uru that he has from Yolner and loses an eye because the tree punctures him in the face, you know, like it does because it's going to give you knowledge. And then eventually he realizes what he has to do. And basically, I guess I didn't read the original, the beginning of Jason Aaron's run, but they did a story called The God Butcher, where it was basically past, present, and future. Thor's had to come together to stop the God Butcher. So we revisit this because if only Thor can get through, why not get the band back together? Plus, Stormbreaker was just sitting there and Jane Foster's now cancer free. She picks that hammer back up and we got Jane Foster Thor again. And it was so fun. Because I love Jane Foster nice. Thor. Funny story when I was in Seattle I actually could have seen the band Thor. I missed it. That was sad. No, nothing. Do do they sing <laughs> songs about For once the silence the Mar- wasn't caused by BJ. The, <laughs> the Marvel comic storylines? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> They just read the comics to music. <laughs> it's performance it's art. It's really weird. It's, it is Seattle. <laughs> so, um, so he gets young Thor, who was not worthy of Mjolnir at that point. So he's got Yarnbjorn and Toothnasher. Yarnborn. 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 
Yarnborn is now my new favorite non-Mjolnir weapon. Um, the Fantastic Four go to the future, and now in the new the the le- latest run of Thor, the comic, after Jane Foster was not Thor anymore, they've been playing this two-sided story where they've been playing the Earth Thor in the present, but also giving you this whole story about all father Thor in the future with his granddaughters and everything and kind of laying groundwork there because as you get to this point in the story, the granddaughters are reading about the history and they get to this point where it's like right at the same part of our history, like our present day and the fantastic four pop up and it's like in the, as they read it, it's what happens and it's, it's a cute little thing. And they're like, we're here to talk to Thor. Thor's like, I've been waiting for you. Let's do this. Time loops. Exactly. Uh, I've gone cross-eyed. Wibbly wobbly. <laughs> Josh, what's the rest of that? I'm sorry. You, you I was don't. thinking of a question in my head. But you don't know. You don't know. You, you didn't watch the right who. What's your question? How many uh, books are in War of the Realms? Because I'm trying to Google it right now. <laughs> it's a six-issue uh, story with an alpha and an omega. So it's going to... it's. Omega has not come out yet. But, oh, no. Omega came out today. I apologize. I have not had a chance to read that with my schedule today. But it's a an, an eight-issue uh, story arc. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and they, in the process, infiltrate Malekith's uh, force field or spell and basically hand him his ass at some point while cutting his arm off to, you know, just show him, fuck you. I can do it, too. And in the process, a storm rages in the heart of a sun. And guess what is built again? Meow, Mjolnir. Meow, meow. Meow, Mjolnir has basically been reforged in the heart of the sun with a handle built uh, from the world tree. And oh, a the... slightly modified inscription. I was very happy about this. Instead of it saying that um, if he be worthy, it now says if they be worthy, they will have the power of Thor, which, you know, works because Jane Foster obviously was worthy. And, woman. Yeah. Indefinite pronoun. I am woman. I am Thor. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at the cover for War of the Realms. Is Captain America on Pegasus? Uh, yes, they rode uh, Valkyrie horses into uh, Time. Okay, I need to get these books. <laughs> no, it's a crazy, like, epic, ridiculous Marvel adventure, which I think after the last events they've had that are a little, a little, not serious, but a little more like that. Gritty. This was, yeah, this was very fun. Um, Any idea when the trade will be released? Tomorrow. No, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we quick, just though. had an Omega, so. They're usually, like, right on that shit, so. Yeah. Soon. So I would I would say wait and just buy the trade instead of the individual issues or borrow books well, from friends saying, that yeah. have them. I would true give well. them to you. You don't even have to return house. them. You don't even have to return them. Just okay. take them. Just take them. Just get rid of them. I mean, enjoy them. <laughs> get rid enjoy of them. them. As long as I have my digital codes, I'm fine. So right. I have them on my tablet. Exactly. Um. So yeah, this is probably one of the best um, crossover like mega events that they've had in a while. It was on time, which is always an issue with these events. Uh, a lot of times you have a delay or two that happen. I feel like Jason Aaron has had this written, and it was just like, okay, draw this. Like he was just pumping well, because he's writing not just this story, but also Avengers. Like he's on multiple and books Thor. right now, and Thor, which and, I read Thor, um, fourteen, 
and War of the Realms six backwards, I guess. Are you supposed to read Thor first? Yeah. And the and then read it, but they don't really tell you that. They're supposed to. Yeah. So I read the the final battle and then I read the Thor issue that was like here's just an excerpt, like here's a, a microscope into this and more detail about that. Don't where... they don't they usually in the first issue of a big event have like a whole timeline of how the issues no, are supposed to line up? Not usually. They used to. They did uh, do that before. But these, this one these no. tie-ins didn't necessarily need to be read that way. Okay. Uh because like the X Men one was it was almost like little battles of a big war. And they would refer off to it. So, like, you would see some characters go off and do this adventure, but then they kind of just skip through the adventure, like, on Fast Forward. The story was being told over in another book. But, I mean, I would think that Thor would have been a direct, like, I mean, I would have thought that that would have been, like, so Yeah, it was. It was. The... No, it was. Those, like, Avengers and Thor all directly tied into it, like, perfectly. Right. They had specific like three episode, uh, three episode, three issue tie-ins: War of the Realms, Uncanny X Men, War of the Realms, okay, Dark, um, Savage Avengers, or something like that. Like there were other ones that were just three issue runs that were outside of the main battle because like the X Men, like they popped up at the end of like the first issue. Like everybody had evacuated New York, and then they're there and they're like the fuck is happening oh frost giants shit and you know like cyclops is trying not to have his head explode by shooting beams out of his one eye his one eye okay. hope shot him in the eye that's right okay his Continuity. granddaughter this is what happens you don't write you don't call you've been dead for like five years your granddaughter comes back and shoots you in the fucking face it happens and it who, who she shot who Cyclops. Cyclops. Oh, okay. So, so now he's he an actual Cyclops. Cyclops. Oh, just for a little bit. So can we talk about Russell Dowderman? Because I don't know if you uh, got oh. to really like explain. Dowderman has been one of the Thor artists. He did most of the Jane Foster Thor. His art is gorgeous, and it is so awesome. And he did a full event with Jason Aaron for this. I'm not going to say that it was perfect, because there were definitely a lot of characters he had to draw, some of which were off model by a little bit but like the thor stuff was spot on he redesigned thor he redesigned like pretty much all of the characters it was epic and <clears throat> if you like art i mean jason aaron's a great writer but you can't tell the story without a good storyteller artist russell Dowderman, who's a delightful gay man i mean you can well because i like uncanny or i like x-force the story they're telling and that art is shit. But I mean, it's still. <laughs> I force my way through. It's tougher to read it. Yeah, you it... have to force yourself. You have to really Can like I get the an story. Audiobook? <laughs> but, but seriously, but, but this was visually like a delight. Like Dowderman's very art good. is. I, I saw amazing. the the remodel of Thor, which is what I was thinking of when I was like, yeah. you know, like with the eye patch. Because you were touching yourself. Honestly, I probably would because <laughs> he he looks fine and well so that remodel or the redesign is because so at the end of this all thor ends up saving the world with mjolnir and and we stop you know we kill malekith and the rest of the avengers teams have all like taken back the seven continents and earth is saved and odin tells thor that he's proud of him and then basically for a game of thrones reference bends the knee and tells him that he is the all-father so now thor is all father Thor. King now is Thor. Thor's daddy. Daddy Thor. Yep. 
Old King Thor, which that's a new uh, series they're doing, King yeah. Thor, which will allow Jason Aaron to kind of wrap up all of this uh, into a nice little bow. Because there's still a story to tell that he started, that he introduced in the Thor comic that's going, that um, with the future Thor that we haven't finished yet. And uh, Jane Foster is going to get powers back because um, in this battle, all the Valkyries were killed, except Danny Moonstar, because apparently they forgot that she's a Valkyrie. Uncanny X-Men didn't forget about it because she was able to then lay them all out and, you know, do her little Valkyrie thing for it. Um, but now Jane, For- uh, Jane Forster, Jane Foster is going to be our new Marvel Comics Valkyrie and have her own series with it. Yes. Sure. And, and her helmet, her Valkyrie helmet is a take on her Thor, Thor helmet. helmet. And I love that. I love Russell Downerman's design of blonde Jane Foster Thor with that helmet and it covered just her eyes. Oh, so gorgeous. He is he is a marvel at, at in his craft. <laughs> He's a marvel at Marvel. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> so that wraps up round one. If you're enjoying what we are doing here, please head on over to patreon.com forward slash nerdy show and go support the Nerdy Show Network. We are listener-funded entertainment. You can even put an earmark on some of those dollars to come straight to us at Flame On. That is patreon.com forward slash nerdy show. And if you would like to follow us on our social medias, then head over to flameonshow.com and uh, scroll to the bottom. You'll find all of our chicklets there. Follow us on social media. We're going to have a delightful uh, Polaroid picture going up on our social media very soon. <laughs> this one, or are we taking a that new one? one. Well, that, that one's one. going up for sure. <laughs> you might see a Stranger Things uh, Border. themed bordered uh, group photo uh, Polaroid taken picture on a cell phone that uploaded to social media. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. All right. We are going to start round two. These should be a little bit shorter. I think we got all of our meaty topics out of the way. So meaty. meaty. Now it's just up the potatoes. Juicy. 
It makes me think of Talk Soup. I'm sorry. I, I concur. I, I so like that show. Meaty. I love I love Talk Soup, the soup, whatever you want to call it. The soup. That was jo- the uh, Joel thing. McHale, right? Yeah. yeah. Joel McHale, Aisha I, Tyler, I just, I just John sure Henson. I was thinking of the same thing. Um, it, now I have Willem's Beatdown that I've been watching a lot, which is in a similar vein to that and Tosh and all that. All right. So let's swing this pendulum around the other way. Brian, what is your next topic? So I originally was going to talk about one thing, but I'm switching it up. <gasps> Eric. Close your ears. Gasp. I have been playing a lot of this video game lately. Vidya? Vidya game. Vidya game. Digital Vidya game. I don't get to play a lot of video games these days. It's my own choice, but it's also the fact that I'm never really at my computer unless I'm at work, in which is that sort of thing. But I've been been happening a lot lately because I keep hearing the the gold being collected and I'm like, (laughs) what the hell is that noise? Oh, I remember that noise. I believe it's called Tink, Tink, Tink is actually the title. Oh, that's, yeah, that's what I used to call it. Um, Final Fantasy fourteen, as I have talked about maybe several times in the bum, show, bum, bum. is the latest, uh, well, it's the not the latest Final Fantasy, because it is 15, but it's the uh, second to the last, penultimate Final Fantasy, uh, that is the MMO Final Fantasy, one of two. They did Final Fantasy eleven. that was an MMO, and Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, eleven is still out there, you can play it, I don't know, I recommend it, but fourteen is ongoing, and still in development. It is the culmination of so many, so many, so many different Final Fantasy franchises, all on, one on top of the other. But they just released their newest expansion called Shadowbringer. Singular? Plural? I don't remember. But I think, um, I think plural. Shadowbringers. Oh, and I thought it was Shadowsbringer. I hope no. not. Where's that's, the plural? That's just awkward when they do that. <laughs> I hate that. But uh, so so what's really cool about this expansion, and I've I've been uh, I'm knee deep in it. I'm not done with it. Eric is also playing, which is why I told him to cover his ears. But I'm going to do my best not to spoil anything major. Uh, it is lean away from the microphone. You can't hear it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I took my ears off, so obviously I can't hear anything. <laughs> it's 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 literally like they made a brand new Final Fantasy game. On top of all the story that they've been telling over the last, what, two expansions and the main game, which is a reboot of the original uh, game that came out in, like, God, I don't even know. But uh, this new one is amazing. The music is probably the best it's ever been. Um, it, the story, like I said, it kind of goes off into its own little world, no sense. So even, I mean, you can't really just jump in and play the new story, but... It's uh, it's such a good sort of separate story that you could probably skip a lot of it if you you know had a way to do that. You can. What in is the it? Mog sh- in the Mog Shop, they you can purchase items to allow you to skip the main scenario quest. That's right. Okay, so there is a way to do it. Kupo. Um, thank you. Um, but I will tell you that uh, um, I'm only like halfway through, but there's a new character that they just introduced. If you're a fan of the, uh, if you've been following the storyline, whatever, uh, it is a major, major new character of a race of Eternals that has lots of secrets. And if Tumblr and Twitter are to be believed, is the new favorite uh, lustful uh, character of a lot of a lot of young women and and some men. Um, and it is such. Like everything they've woven into this story is so well done. It absolutely builds off of everything they've done before. They've added several new races. Uh, unfortunately, they are gender locked, which is weird. At the moment. At the moment, that may change. But there is a uh, a lady bunny race, not drag queens, but you know, <laughs> kind of. 
And there are could cat, be. And there a cat daddy race. And there's a cat daddy race. Cat uh, daddies. Uh, there's also two new classes. If you are fans of previous Final Fantasies, you uh, specifically Final Fantasy VIII. There's a uh, gun blade. They call it Gunbreaker class. Uh, where you have literally that gun blade that they did in Final Fantasy VIII. They also have a dancer class. I actually started my character on this, and it is delightful and bizarre. Alyssa Edwards comes out and teaches you. I was going to say, I think they have that class in Final Fantasy X, too. Do they have it in ten? I don't remember yeah, when it's in, they... it's in oh, ten, 10 two. two. Ten two. Well, yeah. they did it before ten two. I know yeah, that. It was also in Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, that's right. I think that and it may have been another one, but either way, uh, the dancer class is a lot of fun, especially when you have a male character and you get them in a rather skimpy little uh, dancer outfit. It's it's uh, it's, Dance it's for me. a sight to behold. You want to be famous, don't you, sweetheart? There's a little bit of that in the storyline too. Um, I, I'm in love with the game. I mean, I've obviously it's, it's it's a time sink if you don't want to get addicted and you don't want to spend countless evenings just tink tink tinking away. It's uh, I would not recommend this for you, but uh, if you if you have a little extra time in the evening, you want to wind down, you want to run some raids. They've also added a thing where you can play uh, raids or dungeons with npc characters that are important to you in the game so you don't even have to talk to anyone to play this game which is kind of amazing now you've got my attention no the mmo aspects it's always been a very single player potential mmo but this this new thing they've added called the trust system you totally don't even have to sound sexier and sexier yeah but it is still cool to uh find a group in your your uh free company or guild and especially if they're sassy gay people, it's always fun to go on misadventures with them, even even if you you know don't want to deal with their bullshit. Um, but yeah, seriously, Shadowbringers is great. All the reviews I've read across the board, including other friends of mine playing it, they all love it. They all a lot of them beat it. And they said it's it's just it, it was Jacob, uh, one of our friends, uh, former on the podcast. Uh, he uh, he uh, he said it's it just never stops. It just builds and builds and builds, and uh, it's it's his favorite yet. So. Uh, if you're playing it, obviously you know about it. I don't need to sell you. But if you if you're tired of WoW or you kind of need a little something different in your life, I would uh, still recommend go out and try Final Fantasy. Spend some money, skip ahead if you want. But you can play up to level thirty five for free currently. There you go. See, that's that's a big taste. Like some games are like, I'll give you the first ten levels or whatever, the newbie zone. Thirty five is that's like that's more than half of the first uh, game itself. Like that's 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 how that's a good deal. So check it out, and uh, yeah, let me know if you're on a server. To the, send a message to the Facebook page. Uh, actually, if you scroll back way back in the feed, I have an interview with one of the founders, actually two of the founders of Taint, which is the gay free company on the Gilgamesh server, uh, also part of the Rough Trade Gaming Guild. So you can go back. Uh, it's going to be back a ways. It's definitely been a while. Who doesn't love a good Taint? I mean, especially from Rough Trade. Exactly. No. If you don't get trade, it better be rough. <laughs> so yeah, go back if you want to check the interview out. We talk all about the uh, pride celebration that they did and how basically what it's like to be in an LGBT guild. So, Final Fantasy fourteen, Shadowbringers. Uh, I don't know, four out of five. Oh, five out of five. Well, especially because Lady Bunny, Lionel, and uh, Alyssa Edwards are now in the six. <laughs> exactly. Good times. All right, BJ, what's your next topic? Uh-huh. So uh, I am thoroughly knee-deep in the DC Universe streaming service, um, and they recently uh, have started re-releasing uh, the second half of Young Justice Season 3. Uh, they took a little hiatus, 
Um, so there's been enough of it. I felt like we could uh, talk a little bit about it because it's been fucking amazing. Um, for those of you that have not ever watched Young Justice, it was a great little DC series that got canceled because too many girls are playing with their toys. Um, that is that is serious. This, this is for boys only. Yeah. Um, but because of how much it got streamed on Netflix, they it got picked up for a third season. And this is almost rated a hard R. Um, so you've got, it's called Justice League, uh, just Young Justice Outsiders. Uh, and it is pretty much has all the DC lore just crammed up in there. Um, you've got uh, metahuman, you've got a metahuman trafficking ring. Um, you've got Miss Martian running a, a covert young team. Uh, that is not affiliated with the Justice League. You have the core members of the Justice League off in space doing Justice league things, and the current head of the Justice League, or co-chair, is uh, uh, Aqualad. So Aqualad is now in charge of the Justice League. Um, Batman and all of the Bat family have kind of been disavowed by the Justice League due to their methods. So now we've got Batman Inc. running around. Um, which has been called that numerous times by Black Lightning. Uh, and then we've got Dick Grayson, who has stumbled upon a handful of metahumans and aliens that have just kind of been displaced by either their nations or planet. Uh, I love when I stumble upon Dick. <laughs> um, it's kind of a running gag that uh, uh, everybody's annoyed with Dick Grayson at the moment. So everybody's like, where's Dick? Anybody seen Dick? <laughs> so everybody on the show is looking for Dick. I love it. Yeah. Um but it's great. Tell so, them to look at the uh, look at Taint and <laughs> the Rough Trade. They could probably find Dick there. <laughs> um but uh some of the new characters you've got uh Halo um who is kind of amazing. Uh is she Beyonce? She, she Beyonce? Beyonce? <laughs> um bring the beat in. Anything for you Beyonce? <laughs> Uh, Halo is a mother box, a uh, soul of a mother box crammed into a human body. Uh, does she go ping, 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 ping? No. She does change colors, though. Oh, that's, no. no she got she to gotta yell ping, 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 ping. Anyway. So, she, so it is Beyonce. Oh. <laughs> um, soul of a mother box in human form. They've officially introduced Cyborg into the series. Um, you've got my favorite character, Forager, who's a giant pill bug. Uh, <laughs> got geoforce uh in all of his wonderful angry uh earth powers there's a walking video card <laughs> i mean but uh no it's really it's it's if you liked the first two seasons of of young justice uh young justice season three kind of kicks it up a notch uh and they don't shy away from any of the gore and they definitely don't shy away uh from any of the adult themes um so it's it's uh if you haven't seen it and you have the option you have the chance to borrow somebody's login, um definitely uh pick it up because they've just reintroduced Beast Boy post uh Doom Patrol, which had a nice little meta episode where he's uh he's in a coma re-experiencing all the people in his life that have died, uh and there's even a nod to uh Teen Titans Go with Doom Patrol Go. Um, but no, it's, it's really good. I can't wait to finish, uh, the season. So if you haven't seen it, Young Justice season three, start watching it right the fuck now. All right. And that's on DC universe. Josh, 
What you got? So I guess I will be talking about Child's Play, the reboot. Oh, Lord. He sounds as excited to talk about it as I did last time talking about Dark Phoenix. <laughs> so You actually sort of like this movie, though. So I, I didn't hate it. <laughs> I loved it. I th- I think my expectations from the trailer, like how good it looked, was a little bit like it it wouldn't it wasn't like exactly what I expected from the trailer. Like it wasn't as high on that level. I saw the reboot. I didn't hate it, and as far as its modern take, I actually I did appreciate that. You know, changing you know its origin for from you know being into a smart technology based company because i mean that's kind of where we're at in this day and age and let's be honest we all are worried that at some point in time our houses our our devices are going to turn on us and try and kill us your nest is going to turn into hell <laughs> pretty gonna, much it's, right <laughs> it's very much a cautionary tale like that i don't yeah. know earlier when i was like turning on the thermostat it seemed like <laughs> turning up the heat <laughs> <laughs> why am i sweating so much um as far as the story itself i i find you know it a little bit less cheesy than a serial killer using voodoo magic to possess <laughs> to possess a, a doll <laughs> so although let's be real <laughs> where were these things made what, what did we, where do we start this at was it taiwan vietnam uh Taiwan, I think. I think it was Taiwan, yeah. right? Yeah. The fact that this that this this factory worker is being yelled at by his boss, saying that he's going to put him back out on the street where he found him, and yet this man has enough knowledge of coding that that bitch right quick recoded this doll to not have any safeties on at all in the like minute and a half he had before he was kicked out. Well, no, I think he jumped out. Uh, or maybe he, I don't know. Whatever, yeah, he whatever fell, he, he did, he fell out of a window and fell into a car. <laughs> what, but what, he, ha- which, is like, thro- this- which is a throwback to the original Child's Play, right? Which I appreciated. See, I didn't. See, I've never seen the original, so you, you should. <laughs> I watched just everything to, wrong with compare. video, and it was like mm, I could see these things. I mean, from the looks of it, the code didn't seem that complicated. It's still really coding. girl, really. It did really girl. It was like. A few things, and he checked a couple boxes. It's a high-level language. He did not check boxes. He's a script he kid. W- he was okay. Yes, he there was, was that one little script. thing where he did type in script, but uh, but right before, which is or after still that, having to learn how to code. What language was on-site it? On-site you know? training. What language? On-site training. On-site training. <laughs> when when in your on-site training do you learn how to code to turn like to turn a doll evil? Well, apparently, apparently, it's involved in the job description where if they're putting these dolls together, they have to put code in it. So I'm just saying, maybe it was on-job training. Uh, well, <laughs> God, what's the name of that company? Um, what the the oh. one in the movie, Caslin? Oh, Caslin, Caslin yeah. University, Caswell University. He saw Beyonce at Burger King. Oh, yeah. Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> Can you handle it? Oh no, that's not we're done. Oh, I. I liked how the the main how Andy was uh, a kid with a disability. However, uh, Pat and I agree on the whole hearing. <laughs> Why hearing was it aid. there? Why <laughs> was it there? So, like I wanted if you, uh, the classic case of the smoking gun. You have all these times when it gets knocked off. Where's your Where's your hearing aid? Right. <laughs> or they talk about I'm gonna get you a new hearing aid. This one, but it's there so many times. It, it takes has, so much attention, and it, it has nothing it. to do with the story nothing. at all, 
at all. So Pat and I were thinking like it would have kind of led to how he would have been able to stop Chucky or, or you know, stop like the him. feedback would have caused some right. sort of distraction. It would have, would have been something in the, the process of the story. There was, there was nope. a... Uh, there was, I think it was, um, it was another podcast was talking about it, and like they were like, why would they put that in there? And uh, one theory theory that's been going around is the fact that Andy was so young in the first one, he was, I mean, he was like four or five in the in the original one. So like having him be like a pre a preteen by today's standards, who has no problem fucking somebody up, right? It was kind of a way to make him as anti antisocial. That's what that's what it was. They believe that's what it was used for in the fact that he wasn't confident in talking to people. But that's, I, that's and, and I get that. Yeah. But just but don't focus so much on like it being knocked out of his yeah. ear and like where's your hearing aid or like it basically was just a way for Chucky to be able to talk in his ear. Right. Prime yeah. example, uh, a quiet place. The the girl and that had a hearing aid. Oh yeah. And that was a huge. They focused on it and it ended up being you know a, a, a huge, huge plot point. Plot point. I mean, it's like the little girl in, the, in uh, Signs who kept wanting water, and Can then that's how they destroyed the, the monsters. Oh, it's, or it's like Martha in Batman v Superman. <laughs> Why did you say Why'd that you name? Why would you say that name? Why would you say that name? But yeah, I get it. I'm indifferent. I'm kind of on the, the cusp of, I'm not sure how I quite feel about his design. I like how they went back and everything was animatronic. I loved that. Yes, that was. I was. I really, really liked that. I was worried they were going to make him a little. They were going to CG him. The face. That face was creepy as fuck. Oh no, oh, the face no. was creepy. Hundred percent perfect, but not like 100%. creepy. Like I'm scared of it. Creepy. Like who the fuck thought that was even a good design for a child's <laughs> toy? Like that's just bad. And and then that uh, giant head that the the store manager put on. To, oh with my the, god! I'm just like uh, what. I, I don't who who thought of this? Although I did love the uh the the buddy two that was a bear, like they, when they had the whole line of buddy twos that even, were coming honestly, out. That was disturbing as well. Well, I mean, when it came to life and tried to attack them, I love how they had like a leprechaun outfit. Like they had all the outfit kids for them. On the yeah. Accessorize your buddy today. And I, it, then I saw what brought me back to my childhood when they had the blonde buddy because I was like. That was my buddy. Because uh, I had a my buddy growing my up. Buddy. Right, I, my, I had one, but mine my was red buddy. hair. I don't know which one of my parents decided it was a good idea to let me, at the young, tender age of five, with my buddy doll, watching Child's Play. <laughs> <laughs> I had that doll probably a couple days at most. That was on before purpose. I didn't want to touch it ever again. Mm. Because so I was afraid it was going to kill me. So they got him a kid sister instead. It was fine. <laughs> and that's that's no- what turned me gay. <laughs> now look at the man he's become. I play with dolls. Yes. So what would you give Child's Play, flame rating wise? Um, I'd I'd give it like a three point eight. Okay. BJ. Uh, same. Okay. I'd give it about a, a, a three, three point five, somewhere in that range. For not having seen the original, I mean, I I didn't think it was a bad movie and. They didn't utilize too many jump scares. Like it was, it managed to kind of keep a a suspenseful nature without having to do that. Um, I it was weird how like the first quarter of the movie was, was a slow. comedy. Yeah, yeah, that was the that was the one part that kind of set me off with it. And, and then, I felt like the pace was super slow. And then Jack Black as the uh, creepy superintendent. Because super. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought it was Jack Black. <laughs> At first, I did too. Cause I he, thought well, it looks like it. I thought maybe he had some sort of like producer role in it he was part of the reason why i had a reboot because sometimes you know like if somebody's involved in a project 
they'll be a part of the actual filming. Like Jason Siegel, you know, brought the Muppets back and was the star of the movie, but whatever. Um, so I thought maybe Jack Black had, you know, some hand in this. And then the second scene that they showed, I was like, oh, that's not Jack Black. Got it. Got it got <laughs> no, it. just some other random chubby dude with scruffy facial hair. Which is usually my kind of aesthetic, but this was just really weird. And then they, they brutally attacked him. Brutally. Brutally. I mean, he was spying on people and being a creeper. I mean, so. Oh, no. He deserved it. From that first <laughs> scene. From that first scene, I was like, this is some weird-ass motherfucker. Machine, right? When he's fixing the camera. Oh, right, right, yeah. And she... Uh, Aubrey Plaza goes in the uh, the the elevator, and I was like, mm, "That's weird." How was Aubrey? She wasn't bad. It was a little weird seeing her as a mother. Yeah, because it didn't look like she was that old. I mean, they they meant they kind of talk about it and say that she had a, a very active child at sixteen, a, a sweet, sweet 16. sixteen. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, but I mean, she. I think she was really good in the movie. To be honest, there were parts where I felt like she she seemed paternal, but then there were parts that seemed more like she, she was, was a, daddy? a big sister. I, I would say you just switched genders there. Maternal? You said paternal. Oh, maternal. Uh, I get yes. that you got daddy on your mind, but need <laughs> <laughs> that daddy dick. Um, but yeah, like parts of it were she was very maternal. Some parts she was more like a sister. So but being it, it just so young, I mean, right, that kind I mean, of is how yeah. those, those relationships. Right. My my build. thing is, I was shocked. My, the one, the major thing that surprised me is that, honestly, Kaslin's the main villain, and Chucky is kind of a victim because he just doesn't know any better. Oh yeah, and I, I mean, actually like with Mark Ham- Mark Hamill's voice acting for Chucky was great because yeah, I was actually like, happy with when that. he at one like at one point where Andy's like taught like shoving him in the closet, he's like, "No, Andy, I'm your friend," and I'm just like. Oh God! Like yeah. he just doesn't know any better. I mean, between the the factory worker who uh, recoded him to have no safeguards, yeah, like no empathy, and um, plus its original design where it's intended to learn, yeah, yeah. and then you know, and then yeah, and Kaslin being <laughs> having these this product, and I think he might have he was a defective doll to begin with. It just that had no uh, safeguards on because yeah. of the kind of way that he would glitch. Yeah, there was something more than just that recoding. Yeah, so it was it was interesting, but I was just I was sad that when uh was it was it Doris Dorothy, the, what was the, Mike's the, mama's name? Oh, uh, I want to say it was like Doris or Dorothy. Oh, something like yeah. that. When, <laughs> I was like, maybe they'll let her live. Nope, nope, no. But at least we didn't have to watch her die. Yeah, like it, I was just so sad. I was so sad about that. But overall, I mean, I, I think we'd uh, recommend at least uh, catching it. I don't think it's a, it might be in a, a value theater near you, or maybe I don't know. There's a dollar theater nearby here. True, it's not playing there currently. I'm sorry. Maybe I, I, I think it's somebody. Still, I think it's still in theaters current, like for maybe a couple more weeks. Maybe somebody in Hoboken, New Jersey, has a value <laughs> theater that it's playing in. Josh, you don't know every theater in town. This in is every true. town, this is true. Where I every don't. listener lives, <laughs> if not, catch it when it comes out on uh, on DVD or streaming, and uh, and give it a give it a check. Eric, what is your second topic? So I went to New York last weekend. Did you know? I did. You bitch. And you went to my home. I know, and I have not my actual home, right? No. You didn't go check on my parents. No. Okay, you... I mean, they're doing well. So <laughs> they asked about you. And I was like, Knock, knock, uh, knock. Hey. <laughs> I mean, they probably were having a pool party. You probably could have gone by. It was Fourth of July weekend. Um, but I got into Manhattan and I went down on Broadway 
Yeah. All of Broadway? I did. All of Broadway? Oh, Broadway, here I come. Um, ah! New York City, boy. Was 7th Avenue meets Broadway. No, am I the only Pet Shop Boys fan right now? Oh, okay, sorry. It yeah. was it was great. Watch, it was great watching Josh dance to it, but like <laughs> no not have any idea. We're calling that dance. He just smiled like a, and a shoulder, shoulder, shimmy. shoulder, shimmy. Shimmy. Oh, shoulder yeah. dance. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, boy, stop, stop shaking the shoulders. You don't know what he's doing. You don't know what he's talking about. But so I, there wasn't really a Broadway. So, but I got to catch a show called Beetlejuice. What was it called? Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Wait, one more time. One more t- Beetlejuice. Oh my god. Hey, showtime. <laughs> um and BJ did talk about this show on a previous episode where I know he was he, he was so encouraging and just it made you want to go see the show so much just because BJ talked about you're it. You're welcome. Look what one up to our listeners and cast members. <laughs> um but this was my first time back to Broadway in 20 years. The only other show I've seen on Broadway was Cats. So this was definitely a step up from that. <laughs> <laughs> there was no Rum Tum Tugger in this one? Uh, no, there was not. Oh. Uh, Did you pose with any of the sets that they had, I guess, you could take pictures with? No, because you Missed can't Missed opportunity. Because, well, there's a curtain up before the show starts. I, I and saw... That's all it, you can take... Oh, is that right? Pictures of because there are people who on Facebook were posting all these pictures with like different pieces from the set. I didn't know if it was like a thing I mean, in the lobby. Unless, unless they do tours at some point, like day day tours. Yeah, because I know some shows do do that. That might be what it was. Do um, <laughs> do. Ah, but um, the set design was fantastic for this show. The way they uh, the house moves in and out. Uh, between the main floor and the attic and all over the place and the way they um portray the netherworld is cool and how was the sandworm oh it was fun it was a good puppet um blah 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 people come out and like in black and with sticks and then move no oh damn no it's like an actual like giant puppet yeah not quite king kong size but it is very sizable uh, that's how you like your sandworms I do <laughs> um, <laughs> this was all the original cast how uh, was my friend Carrie Butler she was fantastic I enjoyed her very much I love she was oh, she's such a sweetheart um, I call her my friend because I watched her in Xanadu twice in the same day and she reckon- <laughs> she remembered me after when I waited the second time outside of the stage door because I met her after the first show, the matinee show, and I met her after the the nighttime show. And she was like, were you at the show before? And I was like, yes, I was. <laughs> She's a sweetheart. She's, we were BFFs. Tony yeah, nominee she, Carrie Butler. Uh, yes, she was very good. Uh, but my eyes were on Alex Brightman the whole time. Uh, what character is he in there? I'm sorry. I, I know of it from what you guys have talked about. but I, right, right. He plays Beetlejuice. Okay, cool. Um, he also originated the lead role of School of Rock. Oh, okay. So, um, he is an attractive, bearish man who sings very well. Nice. Yes. Um, and he is very, this Beetlejuice is very, I would say probably pansexual oh. in that he yeah. just flirts with any and everything. Okay. And so he almost 
makes out and touches um, the Adam character more so than any other character. And it was getting very titillated. It was. It's a lot of fun. Do you? I didn't ask this last time we talked about. It. Do you know who did the music for this? I do not. I was just saying. And know there's, there's really not that much of the Danny Elfman score. <gasps> what? How uh, do you not? Uh, there's little, so iconic. There's little pieces of it. But uh, yeah, it's they, pe- it's peppered throughout, like little bits and pieces all over the but place. But we don't know if he if if Elfman did it. No, uh, he didn't. He, he I know no, he, he did not. No. He Boo! Didn't. All right, just a second. Uh. The first act, uh, I feel, is better for all the characters except for Lydia. I think Lydia has a much stronger second act. Um, But the first act is more... If you're familiar with the movie, it feels more like all of those set pieces. Uh, The second act? Or the first act? The first act. First act. The second act feels like, at least uh, musically, feels like the cartoon a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because the first act goes up through the dinner scene. And then the second act is all how they deal with Beetle just going a little evilly. Uh, and Lydia dealing with her dead mom. Yeah. Which that's the whole story arc for Lydia's character is just her dealing with her dead mom. So her mom died? Yeah. The the mom that you see is actually Delia, right? Yeah, Del- yeah. Delia is like the stepmom slash dad's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. she's a step. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. so actually, it's the dad's kind of mistress, but the way she fits in, and they don't tell Lydia at first, is she's Lydia's life coach oh, to help get her yes. out of the depression that she's been in since her mom. Catherine died. O'Hara's yep. fantastic character. Yes, who but, grew but up but to I, be but, more uh, from Schitt's Creek. No, uh, I'm obsessed. Um. But and that actress is phenomenal. Holy crow! Catherine O'Hara or yes, well, you're I right. mean, yes, Catherine O'Hara <laughs> is incredible. Just, just wanted to, but wanted to clarify. Yeah, but yeah. no, that the actress that plays her on Broadway is crazy. Wait, talented. for which character? I'm sorry, Delia. the mom, Delia, Leslie Kritzer. Yes, I yes, the, the, yeah, the, Leslie like, Kritzer. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the funny part is, I'm as I'm going through on the website. It has the picture of uh, of Beetlejuice in cost in full makeup and everything, and he it looks like Jeff Jones before he lost ah! the weight. <laughs> oh my god! Yep, that looks like Jeff Jones before he lost the weight. Orlando's own yeah. <laughs> from the animatronics. Jeff animatronicons. Jones. Oh, animatronicons. Sorry, there's a lot more <laughs> syllables in that, in that word. Uh, so you liked it? Yes, I did. And I plan on buying the soundtrack to it and, uh, when it comes out in physical release because I buy CDs. What? Eric, let me stop you right there. <laughs> I buy CDs Eric? and will not stop buying Eric. CDs. Oh, me too, boo. Eric, me too. The, <laughs> here's the only thing. When you buy them, do you rip them? I do. All right, at least you rip them. But if you can buy them and get them digitally at the same time, oh, that's the best. Well, Amazon, a lot of times yeah, I do Amazon that. The auto, and then take auto them rip. and sell them. Sell them right away. But then I don't get to keep my trophies. You don't need them. Get rid of them. So Eric right. is now the second person that I know who still buys CDs. I second still, to Pat and his I do twenty copies of Caution. Most uh, of them are digital. Only one was <laughs> a lot. only one of them was physical. I, I will admit to buying CDs, but only if they are not immediately available as digital downloads. Yeah. I mean I, I the last CD I've purchased was actually twenty seventeen. 
and it was Yellow Card's last album when I saw them in concert. So I have a box full right now of CDs in my office, unopened in the shrink wrap. Ooh. I bought off Amazon with the direct, what do they call it, auto rip or whatever? Yeah. yeah. I am going to take all of them this weekend and sell them all, and they better get at least half of what I paid for. I won't, won't. even. I won't even get no. that. I won't even get that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, just don't. Go take them down to Park don't. Avenue and see if you can sell them down there. Even if you get like a fifth of the price. And if not, there's always goodwill. <laughs> get a tax write off. <laughs> this doesn't matter anymore. Uh, but yes, I recommend Beetlejuice the musical uh, if you're up in New York nice. and are looking for a show to see. Uh, I would give it a four out of five flames. Very good. Very good. And if you're up there, because I had my, my BFF, Carrie Butler. Tony yes. nominated Carrie Butler. <laughs> uh, and the show is led by Tony nominated Alex Brightman. Yes. Uh, so my final topic is going to be pretty short. I'm just going to touch on uh, something that's coming up that actually looks to be very interesting, very intriguing from a comic standpoint. Uh, Uncanny X-Men and the Age of X-Men are two concurrent uh, yet not uh overlaid stories age of x-man nate gray has basically taken a most of the mutants that are were on earth and put them into the age of apocalypse world but it's even better and created into a peaceful world as opposed to the world of chaos and destruction that nate grew up in in the age of apocalypse um so our earth thinks that the x-men are all dead and that mutants are are basically dying out. However, before this all happened, Beast had created a basically a cure that could also inoculate uh, children from ever developing their X gene. So when uh, shenanigans happen, the government ends up getting this cure, and uh, Cyclops is back from the dead. So he, in a very twisted story. Uh, comes gets a warning from Blindfold to not do what he's about to do, but he's going to do it anyway. Wolverine gets told to basically watch over him, and uh, Multiple Man is just there. And <laughs> he played a part. It was He was a private eye. And uh, they reconvened a bunch of X-Men, and it's kind of your ragtag group, including Havoc. They end up capturing Dark Beast, because he's still there. And... Uh, they go basically out to try to tackle whatever threats to mutants there still are in this world. Unbeknownst to them, Emma Frost has basically erased her from their memories and steered them to do this and basically use them as pawns to play her own endgame to this because we find out that this group called One, which is a, an organization that's out to eradicate mutant kind from existence has implanted they captured some of the new mutants including magic and danny moonstar and rain sinclair and uh who is still the one that's got warlock attached to him it's not doug lock is it was it doug and was it a couple of them have them well they did and then they were cured yeah. Dark Beast cured them of that. So magic yeah, one of them and, doesn't still. You're right. Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember. I can't remember which one it was. 
Um, so they form this team, and basically they go back to the rubble of the X-Mansion that was blown up in the fight with Nate Gray. And they can only find old costumes in like the underground museum. So Cyclops basically has his 90s look. Wolverine has his late 80s look. Yes. Um, and the New Mutants all got their uh, New Mutants outfits back. And Havoc got his like late 80s uh, look. They would not fit. The one with the headbands? Kind of. It's a little later than that. Yeah. Uh, it's not the full like cowl with the bands. Yeah. It's like almost like the it's kind of a mix of like the X Factor like headband one like just the headband and sides okay. but with the um, the black with the the rings. Gotcha. So they've been on this whole thing, um, but the mutants that were captured and had the warlock pieces like phalanx attached to them all had these uh, devices implanted in their heads that they could be triggered to like explode or to demutinize them. So Emma was using them to try to do a subversive game to try to get rid of one. And in the process, as we were coming to a close on this storyline, which is going to lead to what I actually wanted to bring up, they have saved mutant kind by erasing mutant kind from humanity's memories. Emma Frost has done something with the help of Mr. Sinister to... Her, I guess they cut the thing out of Emma's brain and now like used her telepathic powers to basically they're in a in a fight where they're about to get killed and then they the members of one are just like, Oh, I'm sorry, sir, let me help you up and then walk away and it's because they have no clue who these people are because mutants no longer exist in the mem- in the memories of humans. But just their memories, right? So if they're reintroduced to mutants, then they'll know again? Uh it's kind of unclear. But before this happens, the director of one triggers the thing in Magic's brain and makes her not a mutant anymore, to which they go, you son of a bitch, her mutant side was the only thing keeping the demon at bay, and she turns into Dark Child. Not with Tony Braxton. I was (laughs) just about to have that insert. (laughs) Tony Braxton. Dark Child. Come on. Uh, So she becomes the big, you know, limbo demon. And then Juggernaut's like, fuck y'all, I'm going to take her out. I'm not going to stand around and get killed. Runs at her. She just basically claw into chest, pulls out the, the gem of Sidorak, and crushes it. And, but I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. And then Kane Marco, it, human size, just kind of falls to the ground. And um, then they basically scoop up Hope, and she taps into Magic's uh, still mutant powers. I guess because she had them before she was demutinized. I don't know. And they open up a thing to Limbo and escape there. And then it's weird. So the reason this is all seems so kind of awkward, and I'm not even getting into the Age of X-Men stuff because I've only re- read part of it, which I like. The Gen uh, Gen Next, I think, is the one I've been reading. Uh, An Amazing X-Men. Uh, but it's this whole other weird story. So what's going to happen now that as we're coming to a close with these two storylines? Jonathan Hickman, renowned writer and creator, Jonathan Hickman, is back at Marvel and taking the helm of the X-Books and basically going to reintroduce the X-Men in a different way (laughs) in two different series, House of X and Powers of X. Powers of 10. Didn't they say that? It was Powers of 10. 
is it? I don't know. I've, I think, always, I've I just heard Powers of X. And I, heard, I think X. I read that they're anyway. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's Powers of X. Either which way. Um, but it's going to basically reshape and refocus the X Men into the Marvel Comics world, and um, House of X, I believe, is going to be very uh, Professor Xavier centric. They haven't shown his face. I'm still not sure if he's Phantom X still. It's weird. But all of the X-Men that they've been showing have basically been from different points in time of the X line of continuity. Like Magneto, in the art that I've seen, has been wearing his white outfit from uh, when he was a a good guy on the X-Men team. Jean Grey is shown in her Marvel Girl outfit. Rogue is in her 90s costume. So... You're, it's like cherry-picking all of these different points in time in the X timeline now into this new story that's going to basically redefine their role in Marvel Comics. Oral, our dear friend, and... Um, bitch, she's not on the show no more, because fuck her. She doesn't have time for us no more. She's still on the show, but she's a very busy girl, and she has not been able to be with us. But he's has read the first ten issues of, I believe, House of X... Whichever one comes out first. Because one comes out the second to last week of July, and then the other one drops the next week. He said he's read the first 10 issues, and it's weird, but he said it's very good. So I'm excited by that, and that's just a little preview, little taste of uh, what's to come. So once those drop and we come back in August, I, uh, I may be talking more about that. So that does our second round of Pop Culture Topics. If you are enjoying this, please make sure to head over to patreon.com forward slash nerdy show and become a patron. Uh, We can't do this without you. The network is listener funded entertainment. So head on over there. And if you would like, you can even earmark some of those dollars to come straight to us. Follow us on social media by going to flameonshow.com. Scroll to the bottom and all of our chiclets are there. And uh, we are active on most of our social media accounts. (laughs) when we're able to uh but you can always interact with us by sending us messages or emailing any of uh the cast members here we uh when we come back in august we're going to update the pictures and there'll be more information and ways to contact us here on the show i promise eric will no longer just be sora <laughs> but isn't he though isn't he? this will be his oh, new profile I, picture I, his new bio. <laughs> I love it ah uh, okay so Real quick, I know it's, this has been a long episode. We've had a lot to talk about. There's been a lot of great things that have happened this month. But we're going to do a quick round-robin of our one-ups. This is how we close out the show every single month. Eric, what's your one-up? Uh, my one-up is Megan Rapino and the U.S. women's soccer team. Yes, the World Cup. And they just had a victory parade Equal today pay. in New York. Equal at City Hall. Pay. Yep. Equal and pay. I just want to go ahead and read the end Sorry, of her speech, uh, which she says, This is my charge. We have to be better. We have to love more, hate less. We have to listen more and talk less. It's everyone's responsibility to make this world a better pro- place. And I just really liked that message. And that's my one-up. Very nice. Josh, what do you got as a one-up for us? Uh, so... Ingrid Michaelson released a new album about a week and a half ago uh, called Stranger Songs, which is very... uh, Oh my god, I almost sent you a picture of that when I was at Target, because I saw the CD, yes. I'm getting a theme here. (laughs) Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Uh, So she 
And it's in and it's in the, the, the same font. font and, I love it. And she's and actually she's upside, upside down. down. Yes. Right, exactly. I had some wallpaper. I swear to God, I was walking through Target and I saw that and I was like, holy fuck, I need to, I need to check to see if I actually did and just didn't send it to you. But I was so gonna send you a picture of that CD. <laughs> yeah, so I like Ingrid Michaelson. I I will say that this album like parts of it are, are definitely a little bit different than her normal stuff, but I just want to um, be okay. It's be okay, very be okay. It's, like it is inspired by the show. She's obsessed with it. Um, nice. And knowing that if if you listen to some of the lyrics, like you can kind of tell like who it's actually about. I think right now her biggest song is like missing you, which is definitely really catchy. Um, but no, it's a really you good album. Um, I've listened to it pretty much you, on my way here. Don't so, but that's don't it. You. <laughs> Sorry, the old school Ingrid <laughs> Oh no, that's not Ingrid Michaelson. But anyway, uh, oh who is? It? No, that's uh oh oh um, Carly Simon. Carly Simon, you. yeah, yeah. The first one I was singing was that's the one that I was. Let me some be okay. All right, so Ingrid Michaelson. What is the name of the album again? Uh, strange, strange songs or stranger songs? Stranger, I think it's stranger songs. Yeah, I think so. All right, BJ, what's your one up? Uh, it is a video that I've actually posted on the Facebook group. Um, it's called the Real Thing. Uh, it's up on our Facebook, Ugh. and it's a... I didn't even see that you had put it up there. I saw somebody else share it. Yeah, a soldier. It's a video short. Oh. It's a video short that some people made, um, and it's a soldier coming home to meet his uh, trans daughter. Um, but it's it's basically like two part, two different two stories that you don't know are connected Yeah. until like right towards the end yeah so it's 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 really heartwarming and it's super sweet and like amazingly acted like always like they need an award for this um but it's really really heartwarming um i dare you to watch this and not at least feel something okay i was gonna say if it's cry i did not cry but it that it made my heart the really bees warm. In, the bees in my chest cavity where my heart used to be were vibrating at a very high frequency. They were buzzing. They were buzzing pretty hard. It's about seven minutes long, so give yourself give yourself ten minutes to wipe a few tears from your eyes after you watch it. But yeah. it is it's worth the watch. It's absolutely fantastic. Yes. All right, Brian. What is your one up? I got two real quick. One is Sea Sirens uh, from my friends Amy Chu and Janet Lee. Uh, this is a cute little graphic novel published by Viking that depicts a uh, Vietnamese uh, American woman, uh, young girl, and her cat having undersea adventures. So if you like Aquaman from the, the recent movie, but you're a little more uh, a fan of uh, the women, like lots of, lots of ladies. In fact, I think there's like one guy in here, which is great. I'm happy for it. It's, this is uh, the Sea Sirens. It's, uh, it's an aquatic adventure. And it's beautifully drawn. I mean, Amy's a great writer. She's done some work for Marvel, DC, and some other uh, publishers. But uh, Janet K. Lee, I love her to death. She's done some great work over the years, including a... Uh, she do a picture of Havoc? Is that one? No. Uh, Unagi. They should do Unagi. Yeah, she did Unagi. So uh, one of our dogs, like, she's uh, very, very just uh, a great artist. I love her style. And the other one, real quick, is uh, Years and Years. The new Russell T. Davies. That is Russell T. Davies from Doctor Who. The uh, so many Doctor Who's. Today. Eccleston <laughs> and uh, Tenant eras. Uh, he is doing a show on HBO that is airing right now called Years and Years. It features a lot of different characters, but it does include uh, Russell Tovey from Looking oh, as a gay character. Ears. And the premise is it is set. It starts in the modern day and it goes uh forward years and years that's the idea into the future of the society that we have now 
both political, technological, societal trends. It is sort of like a black mirror, but focusing on this one family and their adventures and individual issues and, and, and reacting to society around them. Um, it includes, oh God, what's her name? It includes a British Trump-like figure played by the wife of Kenneth Branagh. Who, Miranda Richards? No, no, no. no. Uh, anyway, it is it is delightful. You definitely got to check it out. Um, Russell Davies is definitely known for his uh, very, very uh, societal. Like he he's got a really good sense of satire of society, and uh, this show like it, it guts you in the heart. It, it really scares the shit out of you, even the first episode alone. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson, thank you. Oh my God. Uh, Emma Thompson plays this very Trumpian British politician that comes out of nowhere and says things that she should not say. And uh, and, and it, it looks like it's a rise of power for her. Uh, anyway, years and years it's on HBO right now. I don't know how many episodes, but it is ongoing. Check it out. All right. I have three quick little things that I'm going to bring up. Uh, one in keeping with my New Year's resolution. I did read uh, David J. Collins' first book, Gay Bash. I made it through a paperback. Yes, go Finally. me. Um, and I was just up in Chicago this past weekend, and I had purchased, in chatting with him, I had went ahead and purchased Summerdale, which is his next book, which is where he's going to be focusing his writing. He's looking at a sequel coming out in 2020 um, and building a world because uh, it's a, an LGBT-themed horror series or a horror novel that he wants to build into its own little world set in Andersonville in Chicago, which um, now holds a special place in my heart. So I had purchased it and we actually got to hang out and spend some time together this past weekend. And I picked up my copy from him. So I'm going to be giving that a read very soon. I'm going to bear week. That's why this whole thing is happening. Recording is happening earlier. So any major things happen in the next week that we can't talk about, we'll get to it on in, in our August episode. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. Taking uh, my friend Matthew for his first time. I enjoy bringing new people up to Provincetown. It is sharing a little bit of my soul. Bitch, next year, that's fine. Save some money because she an expensive trip. It, it's it's my happy place. It's where I, it's where I love to be. Just it's a week of just uh, it's so much fun. Concerts, drag shows, uh, tons of alcohol. Walking down your street, walking down the street in your underwear shenanigans just abound it's it's a fantastic place so that is where i will be next week uh when this oh i'll be there when this episode drops next friday just know that it was set and ready to go waiting for all of you to listen to it next week and then the final thing that i want to bring up is um a big thing for drag race fans who have not wanted to spend 30 dollars per season to watch previous seasons if you are an amazon prime subscriber Seasons 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 are now included with your Prime Video membership. So you can, for free, I mean, you're paying $100 a year with your Prime membership. But if, you, <laughs> if you're a Prime member already, it's free. You can go and watch the first five seasons of Drag Race. I really wish it had included six because six is my favorite season. Um, that's with Bianca, right? Yes. Yeah, that's the one I haven't seen. Well, pretty much anything after that. Anything, oh, after, what, six? 
No, I saw season five, like one through five, are those seasons that I've actually seen. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Else that I haven't. Oh, I wish season six was up there. Season six was so good. But anyway, uh, those five seasons are up. And uh, if you are a Race Chaser listener, now Race Chaser Classique, boom, 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 uh, <laughs> then you can follow along with them without having to pay if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. Go watch season three with them. And, um, and a shout out to uh, Willem and Alaska for saving me money on my new luggage from away luggage they're not a they're not one of our sponsors but you know i use their link and use keyword drag drag. i think this one was drag 2019 (laughs) so but yeah i got i got myself a new little carry-on and uh it's fantastic so april 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 carry-on um although can i just say when did pod become the shorthand for podcast oh god npr did this it's all npr's fault oh my god i, I hate it, it. So i hate much. it with the core of my being but listen to the pod fuck that oh. friend fuck of that. the pod i hate that so much become one, become one with the pod no <laughs> and you know what we, we did it we are pod people. we we oh were god. a part of this when they had the podcast whatever week oh we totally said this too you're gonna take the pod brand whether you want it or not where am i taking it i don't know to dinner for a nice movie? No. No? Stroll? You, you know where it's going. In my ass. Yeah. I have yeah, never, yeah. never heard of Pod, so this is the first I'm hearing of You're obviously not listening to Race Chaser. They say it on Race Chaser a lot. It's oh, like, yeah. friend of the pod. It's, but not even just Race Chaser. It's like that entire... It's the Forever Dog Network, because when they... Yeah. When... Um, or not even that. The other one that I can't stand, because I'm really starting to dislike him. Oh. oh uh, Mono Agapian. Yeah, which is now Drag Her. Yeah. And I actually don't mind Nicole Byer on it now that they've changed because now they're doing a race chaser style and they're doing All Star season one episode by episode. So I'm like, that's a really awkward place to start, but whatever. Mm. Um, but they say pod all the time and it's like, check out our pod. I'm like, Ugh, stop it. Get off my lawn, you Millennials. Kids. No, no uh, Zennials. What is Gen Z? It, it seems like Bitch, a very you're millen- a millennial. I know, but it seems like a very <laughs> millennial thing to do to abbreviate something to a ridiculous short. You are feeding into syllable. the Fox News Fake generation's news. hate of millennials. I am not because at this point, most of them are fucking much older than those people give them credit for. They think when the, when that gets said, it's always like, oh, they're like eighteen, twenty years old. Those are millennials. That's Gen Z at this point. That millennial generation has moved past it they're not able to afford their rent but they're still buying their <laughs> avocado toast who can nowadays oh, seriously but on that old man note <laughs> we're gonna say goodbye thank you all so much for listening we'll be back in just a couple of weeks with another brand new episode maybe we'll do another gay life episode those are fun yeah i've got some, i've actually got uh some new topics mm, so, so maybe you'll be hearing that <laughs> soon we did a gay life episode volume four was uh the, the previous episode in this feed and uh we'll see what comes out next but until then peace bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.